we live? Yeah, now we're live. All right, now now you're all worried about going live. You're all worried about answering these questions. So, all right, uh, this. Oh, hang on. Well, while you're getting ready there, I just want to say I'm really hang sorry on. that the. Hang on, hang on. The Minnesota sports balls lost yesterday, and I know you were upset about that. I, I was very upset. Um, hang on, technical difficulties. <laughs> All right. Um, this is training. Uh, basically, we're training you to be an asshole consultant because uh, I have uh, bought some advertising on a rather large channel, <clears throat> and my fear is that I will get slammed and not have the capacity to have it all. When I did, I don't know, do you remember when I did free asshole consulting day? Yeah, yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah, I had 50 requests in one day, and that's that's my highest capacity, where I did 50 requests in one day. And it was going to be asshole consulting week, but I was like, fuck that shit, because um, it, it shows you what the underlying demand is if it's free. Yeah. Uh, so my fear is this is going to be a repeat, so I'm training you, John, and a bunch of other people uh, to actually be asshole consultants, uh, in the anticipation that if I do get flooded, when I run ads on this yet to be mentioned channel, uh, we can handle and capture as much profit as possible. And so, uh, this is, you're the first ones so we're doing asshole consulting live, uh, not only to train you, but because then it dawned on me, I have a bunch of requests at asshole consulting and, uh, hang on, hang on. Hope the channel's coming after April. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be before April. Uh, but uh, we got it. We got. I thought I thought it'd be easy to be an asshole consultant. I'm like, oh no, you just do this, and then I realized everything. You're all worried about. Oh, I don't know if this is that 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 that. I want you to not worry about your shortcomings of which you have none. Okay, we don't have to worry about this guy uh, being attractive or not. Uh, with the pictures he sent. Well, I just, I was saying, I think you're more of an expert on that type of evaluation. <laughs> oh, I'm not. I'm, I'm a straight male. I, I, I have no authority. I usually, uh, if a guy sends a picture or something like, am I good looking? I'm like, well, one, put it up on hot or not.com. You'll find out for sure. But then two, I'll run it to the GF. I'm like, is he good looking? She's like, oh yeah. They're like, oh no. And I'm like, okay, yeah. The GF says you're ugly as shit, you know? And uh, or yeah, you're good looking. And so it's, it's attitude or something else. Um, but we, we're not going to worry about that. We're going to get you inured, <laughs> indoctrinated into becoming an asshole. Consult. Cause you, I get a kick out like, Oh, could you send me the email in advance? It's like, yeah, I can. Or we could just wing it and you not worry about it because there is no time to prep. An well, if it's consult. about accounting, I like to at least look it over once because you know, there's a lot there's a lot that goes into that, at least in my opinion. But as far as the other stuff, like the ones we did when I visited you, that was a good time to just wing it, I thought. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, because yeah. that that's what we're doing now. And so uh, in addition to training, uh, I figured I'd also save some time. And then also the, the key to success I found out is experimentation. Like I wish when I was younger I had experimented more, not in a sexual way, but just like oh, I tried this, I tried that. Um, because you never know if changing or tweaking something a little bit like one minor variable like something simple like when i taught dance class um I, I said look if i'm gonna haul my ass all the way down to mankato which is a town far flung it'd be like you driving to joliet uh maybe i should see if all you other people in the 
in the, you know, the other regional school districts would throw their students in. And it's little simple things like that that all of a sudden like tripled my dance class income. And so what I'm going to do is do this asshole consulting live a couple times while also training you guys while also, yes, make it so I don't have to do individual requests and saving myself some time. So I might actually be able to write a fucking article today. Uh, so it's basically me just being lazy and efficient with my time. Are uh, you ready for one? Yeah, before we go, I was just looking at no, no, no. Looking at your smoke detector. Um, this is a compliment. Oh, okay. Yes. I wanted to pay you a compliment on the sign that you put up next to your smoke detector. Wanted to point yeah. out that I noticed it. You did. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Does it come in? Because the way I'm looking at it, everything's reversed. Like my door. I know it's my door is that way. Technically, it's that way. I could read that it way, but clear. I read it very clearly. Still, no fucking smoke detector. Okay. All right. But it's it's. It's reading the right way. The, yes. the words aren't reversed. Enjoy the yeah. decline over there is enjoy the decline that way. Everything is perfect. Oh, okay. It's just yeah. weird. It throws it up the opposite direction there. So, um, yeah. So hopefully that guy who got pissed off about the smoke detector is, is tuning in to this show. Well, he was subscribed to Older Brother. So, yeah, hopefully he's here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, we're doing asshole consulting here on the Aaron Clary channel. Um, although John Steele tomorrow, if he's around, we're going to do some asshole consulting for the older brother podcast tomorrow as well. Um, all right, well, I'm ready when you're ready. All right. Happy December Cappy. I'm giving you a heads up that you may receive two separate emails from me and please note. Oh, hang on. I'm sorry. This is jarring. I got to take a timestamp so that when I tell these people, uh, what time? to tune in what are what are we on what's the what time do we have we're at like five minutes i mean we just are you at five minutes all right five minutes yeah. i gotta right. find because you forwarded this to me i want to check it out okay um come on there we go all right <clears throat> uh da -da -da -da, but let's get to the point this is a very bizarre request but how much would it cost for you to read the song lyrics and express your thoughts on them this track is called Mr. Writer, which is penned by Kelly Jones of the Stereophonics. You did a Clary test on him. The song is said geared towards critics and journalists. Uh, so he just wants me to read these lyrics and give my opinion on them. I'm paid to do this. Okay. Yeah, um, see? Have at it. That's well, an unusual one. but I just want to train you in because as a rookie – asshole consultant you have to understand sometimes you're going to get curveballs like this so we're not we're not throwing softballs over the plate this is a curveball you ready i'm ready all right so i'll i'll uh read the lyrics it uh you line them up look at your shoes you hang names on your wall then you shoot them all you fly around in planes that bring you down to meet me who loves you like me crashing to the ground and this is the pre-chorus are you are you so lonely you don't even know me but you'd like to stone me. The regular course, Mr. Ryder, why don't you like it like it is? Why don't you tell it like it really is? Why don't you tell it how it really is before you go home? Verse two, I used to treat you right, give you my time, but when I turn my back on you, then you do what you do. You've just enough in my own view, education to perform. I like to shoot you all. Here's the pre-chorus, and then you go home with you on your own. What do you really know? Mr. Ryder, why don't you tell it like it is? Why don't you tell it like it really is? Why don't you tell it how it really is before you go home? 
And then you go home with you on your own. What do you even know? It's just repeating the the chorus. Mr. Rye, why don't you tell it like it is? Why don't you tell it like it really is? Why don't you tell it how it really is before you go home? What was this for? Critics and journalists? This is, it sounds like a bad song, frankly. It's horrible. It's horrible. What was the um, title? Did they did they leave the title? Mr. Writer. So I guess the client says this is a very bizarre request. The track is called Mr. Writer, which is penned by Kelly Jones as a stereophonics. The song is geared towards critics and journalists. Uh, so, I mean, the only thing that's, there's the two verses. Everything else is the chorus. And the first verse is you line them up, look at your shoes, your hang names on your wall. You hang names on your wall. Then you shoot them all. You fly around in planes that bring you down to meet me who loves you like crashing to the ground. It's too uh, too esoteric. Uh, the ver- second verse, I used to treat you right, give you my time. But when I turn my back on you, then you do what you do. You've just enough in my own view. Education to perform. I'd like to shoot you all. This is shit. This is horrible. Awful. Well, you know what my first impression was, just because I found the lyrics and I was reading them too. Uh, this was clearly, this was written by a female, don't you think? Uh, no, it says Kelly is a guy. Oh, um, I could. Oh, is it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Kelly Jones is a guy. I remember the the Clary test I had to do on him. Only reason I remember is he's, he's, he reminds me of me. He's my age. He's an incredibly handsome man. Uh but I mean, who knows? Maybe a woman did ghost write it. I'm just going to say he did. Just the writing seems so feminine to me. Just, you know, you get that sense. Um, but if it's if he wrote it, he wrote it. Like, I, Yeah, I, I don't know what to say. Look, if, if you give me shit, I can only sculpt, you know, sculptures of shit. I, I don't think there's uh, sadly with most musicians and artists today, they think they're being deep and philosophical and they're not. This is just obnoxious, honestly. Yeah. Uh, critics and journalists. Maybe some critic wrote a bad review of his of his second album. Like he liked his first one, then he wrote a bad review of the second album, and now this guy's pissed off. It, it's not deep at all. It's no, it's not. It's, not. it's um, but then again, I'm not expecting much from um, the music world uh, or the art world. Yeah, it's pretty bad. That's it. I don't know. I wish I could say something deeper, but it's it's so shallow and like, oh man, like you didn't like whatever, and and I want to kill you. It's like okay, yeah. I mean, this. this I was gonna say this reminds me of like the level of deepness of the Doors. Oh yeah. Like like maybe if you're a pothead hippie, you know, from 1972, you think it's pretty cool, or maybe you're a college student, like yeah, dude, the Doors, man, and now like. Any sober analysis is impossible because there's really no material here. There's nothing of of uh, of worth or merit. You have to be high to appreciate this, is my guess. And um, yeah, this is quite. This is a great one to train on because it's probably there's really no material I can give you from my perspective. Yeah, there's like. there's nothing like it's like those cooking shows. Like here, we're going to give you these ingredients. Now make something awesome. Well, sometimes the ingredients are just ass. Like here's some styrofoam. Here's some st- uh, sawdust, and and here's a, a copper penny. Now make some souffle out of this. I just yeah, they're not all gonna. There's no entertainment value in this whatsoever. It's so bad we couldn't even make it entertaining. Yeah. You're right. I, I just found the lyrics here. You're right. This is all chorus. 
So I'm, I'm, I'll focus on the chorus just for a second. It seems to be important. Is it? Mr. Ryder, why don't you tell it like it is? Why don't you tell it like it really is before you go on home? There must be some kind of jilted lover here, and he or she feels like that this Ryder guy is leading him or her on and just lying every time. That's yeah. that's that's the best I can do. Well, let's not go too deep into something that's only a millimeter deep. Um, let us not jump off the diving board into a very shallow pool and crack our philosophical heads on this one. How does that sound? That sounds good to me. I mean, good. I don't know how much. Yeah, that's that's it. That's it. No, if I was to do this as asshole, it'd be like, dude, I don't know what to say. This this fucking sucks. Um, what time we got? Uh, it's about. Let's see. It's about twelve minutes. Wow, we spent seven minutes on that. Time flies, dude. <laughs> Time flies. All right. So the next one, twelve, twelve minute mark. <clears throat> um. Oh, this is the one that you got. I forwarded you this. Let's go ahead and read this one. Yeah, this is a good one. Hello, Mr. Clary. First things first, thank you to Chad Elkins for advising on my school choice back in January. I ended up going with both of your picks, um, which was the cheapest school in Los Angeles for accounting, and it feels great not to have student loans. Outstanding. First step right there, no student loans. Yeah, we advised him well. Yep. God, you know what? People should pay me a 25% commission of the money they'd save, and then I would have retired five years ago. Uh, on to the real questions. I currently work at a place in Los Angeles as a tax accountant making $27 an hour. It's been a great gig and was only a mile away from where I live, which almost never happens in Los Angeles. However, the parent company is closing the deal by January 1st and layoffs are inevitable. Everyone has been kept in the dark about who will be laid off and who transitions to the parent company. In the meantime, I am always searching for other jobs in case I lose my current position. Smart move. My job search has resulted in me getting a tax internship offer at another place in Los Angeles. While it is great that I have a fallback position, the commute will be 18 miles from where I live, and they'll be paying $18 an hour instead of my current $27 an hour. Something in the back of my head says maybe I should stay at the current place, but who knows if with the parent company and what they'll do to me. For context, I'm trying to have as many recognizable names, names on my college resume because we all know those corporate drones drool over that stuff. If you have any input on this, let me know. All right, let's start with that question because he goes on to his, his physique question. Uh, Elkins, you go ahead. Uh, let's let's have the rookie asshole consultant field this one. I'll, I'll grade you. I'll judge you on, on how well you do. All right. Well, I think one good thing that you typically do, and what I like to do too, is just sort of go, not necessarily line by line, but question by question. So I'll start there. He doesn't have a ton of questions. I think he mainly just wants to know if he should jump off and take that offer with the other company, even though it pays less and is much further away. Um, It's a tough one when you think... um, my knee jerk is that you just keep staying with the good one, the one that's close by and you're making more just because if you don't know that you're going to lose that. And if you do lose it, you can always just, you know, file for unemployment while you look for another position. And I have to think there may be a better position that's closer to you than 18 miles. that's only paying 18 bucks an hour. I mean, well, that's that's what I think. I, I say don't necessarily jump into a crappy situation just because you're uncertain about something. What do you uh, think? You, you are correct, 
but since you don't have a driver's license and don't know how to drive, you have missed the main variable here. So uh, hold on. I do have a driver's <laughs> license, but I happen to live a lifestyle where I don't have to drive that Clary is very jealous of because I live right across the street from his favorite restaurant in Chicago. That is true. That is true, man. You do have the setup. You're right there on the L. You got that great restaurant. And then you're, you are what, three or four blocks from my favorite uh, bar in the entire world? Three blocks. Two three blocks. blocks. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And that, and, that, and that Vietnamese place, that's really good, too. That is just down the street. Yeah. You do have the setup in Chicago. I'll grant you that. You do have a really good setup. Anyway, Mr. Elkins does know how to drive, but it does address the main thing here. I'm going to go more based on uh, the opportunity cost. In LA, $18 an hour is bullshit. I mean, he could go work. Uh, Minimum wage is 15 there by law, isn't it? Well, well, law or not, when I'm saying for standards of living and cost of living adjust adjustments and purchasing power, I mean, $18 an hour is ass. He can find anything way closer to where he lives. I don't even care if he's working at Taco Bell. Um, and I know he's more concerned about having names. He's trying to do a resume builder, so he's not focused on wage. What I'm focused on is more the opportunity cost in terms of time. Because one, $18 an hour is not worth it. Agreed. Two, two, 18 miles in LA. Chad, how long would it cost to drive or cost? How long would it take to drive 18 miles in Chicago? Assuming he's doing it a typical nine to five, that would take at least an hour, probably more, an hour each way. Mm-hmm. And I hear it's so much worse in LA, like way worse than here. So he's probably looking at two and a half to three hours a, a day in the car to get paid less. It's almost like he's paying to go to work. He, if he, he takes is. That well, I guarantee he is paying to go to work. I would not at all. No way. No way. Could you get me to commute 18 miles in LA for $18 an hour? I you could you could pay me $50 and I'll be like unless I'm getting paid to drive, I'm not no. Um, well, uh, let me let me le- at least address this. The one argument he was making was that he wants to get as much on his resume as possible and this other position has a decent name, but I still don't think it's worth it because he can probably get another position maybe not with a similar name, but that's going to pay more and not be such a terrible burden on your life right and what i was also going to argue is and chad here's where i'd want your opinion in my experience i had quote the perfect resume i had three internships all at notable places people have heard of them uh it didn't help for shit uh i think if you just have one uh internship one name on your resume i think that's all you really need because his primary goal right now is school he's going to college so unless the work works for him, I don't think he should be working for the work. He should be focusing on school. The reason he can work at this other notable large company is because it's an hour commute. Uh, or not an hour. It's a mile commute. He's right there. <clears throat> so it works for him. It allows him to study. Uh, there is no way I would take that other job. And I would hold out. Hopefully he doesn't get laid off or hopefully they move him up to another place. He's making a damn fine wage as it is right now at $27 an hour. Uh, and if he can just have that mile commute and then in other words, what I'm saying is if it's a choice between not having a job and this $18 an hour job far, far away, I would rather not have a job period and then try and find something better that works. And then your plan a this entire time has been to go to college. So that's just my opinion. 
and he'll eventually get his CPA where the, the internship stuff isn't going to matter as much. As long as he had a good job with a good name, which he already has, I don't think he needs to jump to this other company. It's just what I think. Yeah. I mean, if, if it's an issue of making money, dude, just go any job nearby, be a bartender, be anything. Uh, I mean, shoot, you'll make more than $18 an hour. I can't. And if they don't pay you eighteen dollars an hour, it's like, nah, your, your time is not worth it. Just go to go to school. I'd even say go into debt uh, because you'll come out making forty, and you'll save yourself a lot of time net o- over the not even the long run, but the medium run, even the short run. Yeah. All right. Uh, the next question he has. Next question I have is: Can you give me an honest assessment on my looks and physique? No homo. Uh, trust me, I'm not prioritizing women by like an honest gauge. Normally the attractive girls that hit on me or date me are psychos and bipolar. That is a function, my good young man of you living in Los Angeles. And I'm not joking. I'm not, ah, ha, ha, funny. Let's make fun of California or LA. No, the two most psychotic women I ever dated, ever dated were from California. Um, that, that is, if, if the natural, evolution of generation at uh, generation Z and the millennials and socialism and feminism and me too and indoctrination and brainwashing and all that other stuff. Uh, that that's a nationwide phenomenon, but it is turned up to like 47 in LA and California. Uh, there are no sane women in California. None. There are no sane women in California. And uh, they're all going to be psycho. They're all the girl. One of the girls I dated, she claimed to be bipolar and bulimic. All that. I, 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 you're in California. There are no sane women there. Um, so say, of which I have no patience for them. And I dumped them after a month. However, it'd be good to know how I compare with my peers in the case a quality girl does pop up. And if I actually offer anything of value, uh, there are there are not going to be any quality women that popped up in California. Terribly sorry. <clears throat> um, it's not going to happen just not and if it does it will be known because she chad how do you think he's gonna know she's a quality girl in california how do you determine if the girl is a quality girl in california geez i mean i haven't spent much time there but it's hard to say i would say one that she's not a total complete leftist but i mean isn't that what comes out of california but that's that's my whole point right off it's so simple to tell if a quality girl by California stairs. Now, keep in mind, she could be a royal pain in the ass t- still. But a quality girl in California is simply not a left. I mean, shit, Chad, in your, you're in Chicago. I mean, what is it? I mean, basically, it's the same thing. If you get a girl that's independent-minded enough, this isn't even politics necessarily we're talking about. We're talking about a gal that has a brain and can actually think for herself and says, hey, wait a minute, I'm not a rank socialist. I mean, have you dated any Republican chicks or at least not leftist chicks in uh, Chicago? I'll just say I've tried in the last year or so I've tried. So um, before that, it was virtually impossible to find that. And your favorite of all of them, of course, had some of the traits he's mentioning in this uh, email, but I won't go into it further than that. I love Schnooky Wookums. Oh, lovable (laughs) Schnooky Wookums. Feeling is mutual. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so kid, I mean, it's I'm, I'm trying to think of what it's like. You're you're in northern Minnesota in January and you're looking for palm trees. It just isn't going to exist. Not you're where just, he's located, not where he is. There's no, no chance. No, you're in a major metro area. You're in 
bar maybe San Francisco, the most and Seattle, the most leftist city in the nation. And you're in California. And then to make it even worse, you're in Southern California where all the party girls want to go and they're going to be California harlots and they all going to major or all going to become big stars. And I, I cannot think of a literally in the entire world. I cannot think of a worse place to worry, even contemplate dating than L.A. That has got to be the worst place to consider. Yeah, I can't. Basically, all of California and um, really all the West Coast. When you think like Portland, yeah. Washington, and your, your um, major metros. I mean, you get to a you know like Spokane, Washington, or what's um, Eugene, Oregon, or some small towns. There might be um, some quality traditional girls, but uh, and even then, because the internet is so widespread. Uh, women have become westernized feminized especially with the public schools as well so there's like this base level like oh sh- wow you're you're a democrat and you support hillary and you're a feminist how utterly common and universal how boring how courageous uh, how what courageous a, and brave <laughs> what a way to step outside and, and really assert yourself you know <laughs> i'm a strong independent-minded woman and that's why i think the exact same way as every other woman and how i've been told to think but you are in like the the lion's den i mean you're like you're like in moscow you're like in nazi germany and you're Ber- berlin I, you're in the reichstag of all fucking places I mean, Hitler's right next to you, for God's sake, when it comes to, to date. You could not get in. And you're a Jew on top of it. You're you're a non-blonde-haired, non-blue-eyed Jew uh, with a nose the size of an aircraft carrier. And you are standing in the Reichstag with Hitler on one side, Himmler on the other side, and Goebbels behind you. And you're like, hey, can I, uh, can I uh, practice my Judaism here? It's not going to happen, man. Not in L.A. That, it, that is as hostile in an environment as you could possibly get when it comes to dating is L.A., uh, California. There's just no way you're going to find. So I wouldn't even. In other words, his question about his physique, I would say, is, is, is moot. Um, you are going to have nothing but women with mental disorders out there, fake or real. At which point I don't delineate or discern between because if you're faking it, you got a mental issue. If you actually have it, you have a mental issue. Um, how you compare with your peers in L.A., you're the same thing, what, a bunch of bodybuilders. And you want to talk about dude bro central. I'd imagine how many guys got to be faking it out there. <laughs> I... I have no idea, man. I I just know that every time I've been there, it, it seemed like I was some kind of, I was like in dis, literally in Disneyland or something as far as the fakeness. <laughs> so. Yeah, it, it you, the problem you have with L.A. is you're going to have from the your competition. I mean, is you're going to have guys who not only are legitimately going to blow you out of the water, like the best looking men and women go there, but you're competing against the best looking men who also have this Hollywood dream, but then also you're competing against the $30,000 nairs, the fake dude bros who like, you know, they will borrow money to make themselves themselves look richer than they actually are. And you can't compete against either daddy's money or borrowed money. Not without crippling yourself first. I mean, I want to give you the same advice I gave to this uh, Chinese guy uh, who's going to go to school in Britain. 
And he's like, well, I'm worried about whether I'm going to adapt to the Western culture of the United Kingdom because I'm from China. I'm like, dude, don't even bother wasting your time. It's filth. It's garbage. Why would you want to become Western booze drinking, pass out in the street, uh, harlots and, 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 and starlets and hooliganism dude bros with their hats on backwards? I would just be in L.A. to make your money. Get your education, and then I would honestly get the fuck out of California. I mean, where can you go anywhere else? Anywhere else with with get your CPA in a different state if you can. There's um, a book about that, huh? Which one? Maybe one that you might have written. Was it a couple years ago? Two or oh, three? Oh, reconnaissance man. Yeah. Yes, this one right here. I have all my books right here, so I'm going to be advertising. Yeah, reconnaissance man. Where should I move? I'm in a leftist Marxist feminist shithole. Where should I move? I'll read that book you find out. Uh, let's finish up with this question. It would be good to know how I compare with my peers in case a quality girl does pop up and I, I actually offer anything of value. I will attach pictures when you request and I'll pay. All right. Here's the deal. Your pictures are irrelevant in California because you're going to compare poorly against the actual men that are there. Women are also, uh, you want to talk about hypergamy through the roof. They are not looking at anything below like an 8.5. You got to be a really good looking guy because all the girls are going to go only after the super good looking guy who either actually is wealthy or faking that he's wealthy better than you. Um, And ultimately, the reason I'm advocating, you don't even bother worrying about dating. You could go ahead and date, but don't even spend a calorie of energy more on it uh there are no quality girls in california you're you're fishing in a toxic waste dump you know like uh remember the simpsons there's that three-eyed fish oh yeah yeah i mean you're gonna catch a lot of sexy three-eyed fishes but they're all highly radioactive they're gonna kill you or they're actually gonna be of of, it's horrible it's don't even don't even waste your time um so let's take a look at the pictures here i'll do the same okay um He's a taller fellow. He looks pretty good looking in that picture. I got a picture of his back. It looks all right. He's in pretty good shape. He's in better shape than you and me. Well, he he's 20. Have... Let's see. He's 22. Let's give ourselves a break here. Yeah, but but those millennial gen's ears are all supposed to be soy boy pussies. This is not one of them. He is in good shape. Yeah, uh, he, he is. He's, he's not like most of his peers, I would guess. No, no. Uh, he could take on five of his peers. Uh, with his left hand. Uh, what do you think? Face-wise, I, I'm not, again, I'm not a homo, but he looks good. He's got chiseled face. Uh, he can grow a full beard if he wants. Got some good stubble there. Yeah. Um, I I mean, he, he wants some constructive criticism. So I'll say you could probably you could probably get a different haircut, you know, mess with the hair a little bit. Yeah, but. he could get a haircut. Um, I would also experiment with the beard. Um, you know, he doesn't have baby face. Not that he looks old either, but I had baby face. And when I grew in a beard that really, even if it was like uh, some stubble in a five o'clock shadow, I'd, I'd see if he could grow a beard, see where that gets him. Experiment with that. Yeah, his hair. You can't really do much about your face. His physique is good. Uh, there, there's no no need to improve that. Um, yeah, just it looks a little ragged up top. Yeah, he definitely needs a haircut. Um but honestly, I'll, I'll say it again. Uh, just throw your picture up on hotornot.com and you're going to get a way more accurate reading than us. But here's the problem. This guy this guy would say is an eight. 
maybe an eight and a half. Uh, he's a good looking guy, certainly above average. But what does an eight and a half nationally get you in LA? I mean, what is he like a five and a half, a six maybe? Well, in LA, it depends on how much money you make. And since he's such a young kid, you know, that's going to not help him right now because he's not making six figures, which is how you, I hear you get the fake plastic titted women in LA. Yeah. It's, it, you need your six figs. Otherwise, it, oh shit, six figs in LA is like, it really is like making 45 grand when you account for taxes and, and living expenses. Living expenses, yeah. It's, yeah, it's not that much. It really isn't. Um, Okay. Do we have time for some super chats? Uh, yeah, let's let's knock them out. Hang on, let me let me take a look at this other asshole consulting question. We'll field this one after that. Yeah, let's do some super chats. What do we got for super chats? Okay, uh, we'll be. I think we should be quick with these because it's not like the other night. These are smaller we amounts. Can take as much time as we like. Oh, well, no, no rush today. All right. Well, willpower for two dollars says weekly live streams equal lots of money. Remember to like. Well, well, thank you, willpower. I, I think that was a nice comment. Thank you. What? Uh, how many followers? Let me go to the. How many people are viewing now? One hundred two, guys. If one hundred and two people like the video and subscribe, that would be awesome. You don't even have to pay. You know, it doesn't cost you anything. Um. So the next guy, I think this would be a good one. Uh, you could answer for two dollars. Carlos Miranda asks: Is Las Vegas going to suck because of California? Did you see a lot of Californians creeping in there? You see them on the roads, absolutely. You see California license plates, and they drive for shit. Because um, none of them, when you're in LA, you never go more than twenty miles an hour. And then even though there's no traffic in front of you, these sheep will still drive twenty miles an hour. Um, I think in Neville, Las Vegas will be Californianized, but uh, I think they'll only drive property values up. Uh, But inevitably, yes, Las Vegas will have people. I don't know if it'll be totally Californianized because what really keeps Californians in California is the weather. You say, well, isn't Las Vegas similar weather in California? No, because it's way more moderate in California because of the ocean. Vegas gets super ass hot. And the one defining thing about Californians is that they're pussies and they have to have the perfect little environment. So that once it's like uh, July and 115 for three days straight, the Californians will probably uh, get a little weak willed and, and, and be deterred from that. Your fat elite limousine liberals will always stay in California because they love the weather and they want to quote be in California, Las Vegas. There's some bad parts to it. I almost think it would be a little bit too lowbrow for them, too not cool enough for them. Um, not because Sin City, but there's there's some bad parts of uh, Las Vegas that I think it, it doesn't have the elitism that Californians are looking for. But some of the refugees coming from California because they can't afford it, yeah, they're going to go to Las Vegas because Las Vegas is a booming town. There's money. And they're probably going to vote left, and then they're going to wonder why Las Vegas turned into a leftist shithole in about 20 Well, that was my next question, is if you thought that that would impact taxes if they would end up causing higher taxes. I I don't know because once you get uh, no state income taxes, even liberals like that, um, it's hard to – start implementing a state income tax, even if it is a leftist place. So uh, there would be other taxes. There'd be other things like, oh, we're going to ban plastic bags, you know, the social justice wars. (laughs) Right. 
um, we we can't we can't have these car emissions, blah blah blah. They'll they'll fuck it up in other regards. Uh, but every mark my words, every major city in the United States, maybe not within our lifetimes, every the United States will become California. California becomes some new hybrid superbug of the HIV that it is now. Uh, but every major metro area will inevitably become California because that's the, the way the trend is going. The trick is to get in on some of these places while there is no state income taxes, make your money, even buy property perhaps, let the Californians drive it up, sell them uh, for marked up prices, and then do a rear guard action, like a, a slow retreat back to the new conservative town that Californians haven't discovered and fucked up yet. And then that when they discovered, dude, that is a perfect segue into the next super chat. Like perfect because our old buddy, Nick, Nick Shulander, who hey, Nick. gave us, yeah, Nick's back in this chat. Um, he asks, is it worth working and living in big cities anymore? And you kind of just answered that. Boy, it's got to be. Um, I mean, it always depends. I, the, the short answer is no. You, you, any self-respecting young man or woman with the taxes you're looking at and the commute and da 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 da, no. The short answer is no. But there is a way, and it's all in the details. Basically, you'd have to be paid to compensate for not only cost of living but taxes. And I would almost like if I were to go and work for a, in a downtown again, and this is even if I was 22, you know, and desperate for a job, um, I would insist. And you're also giving me a living stipend so that my apartment is right across the street from the office. Like I can walk to work because I'm not commuting. I'm not paying for parking. Uh, and you guys decided to stay downtown. You guys, this is pure baby boomer bullshit, especially the vast majority of jobs you don't need to tell you don't need to work. You could telecommute. But if they're gonna say you want to work downtown, we got this is where our offices are. We're in the we're in the big downtown area where all the action is. All right, well, fuck you. You want people to work there? You're gonna pay me to live there. You're gonna pay, you're gonna give me a living stipend. I can have a car, it includes a garage space. I can walk to work. I'm not commuting. And not only are you gonna pay me a fair wage, you're gonna compensate for the taxes, cost of living, and um um uh, well, I guess you're not commuting, but those two things, the taxes and the cost of living. Then it's worth living downtown. Even then, it's been fun. Uh, it, it could be fun because um, I know you're a big fan of Minneapolis and St. Paul, but me and the oh. GF. Well, wait a minute. Remember when you had to work downtown St. Paul? You were at the hotel there? That was awesome. I just walked to the courthouse. Right. And it was. Uh, I'm thinking about doing an Airbnb in downtown Minneapolis and downtown St. Paul just to experience downtown living. You know, just a one month Airbnb. And so we lived downtown. We walked to the places. It's like, oh, okay, we did it, but we didn't actually have to live there or commute. Um, essentially, you don't want to invest in downtown. You don't want to commute to downtown. So the only way possible is, yeah, that your employer pays for an apartment a block or two away. And then it's then if you got to leave, you wait till rush hour is over, you split town, you go have fun out in the burbs or, or travel. But that's the only way I could see working downtown and, and New York or even Chicago or LA, forget it because there's such large megalopolises. If you drive 10 miles in any direction, you're still in traffic. Uh, it, it's, it's, yeah. Well, the public transportation, public. but the public transport is decent here, mm -hmm. uh, but it still takes a while to get downtown. And of mm -hmm. course, rents here aren't as bad as like San Fran, LA, New York, uh, DC. 
Boston, all the other big cities. Um, so that's I I think it's worth it just because my business is here, but I do have dreams of getting out of here someday, is all I can say. You'll live in Tejas, you'll have a ranch, and you'll raise ostriches and emus. An emu. I've always wanted an emu. Tall, big breasted girl from Dallas with big poofy blonde hair, and she'll call you Shug. And Shug. you'll you'll have a, a hat and you'll be Colonel. You'll have a mustache. Like Lou Still. Ellen. Or Sue Ellen. Her name will be Sue Ellen, and she'll just tower over you and you'll slap her ass. Say, Woman, get in here, mate. You'll be like uh what's the guy from King of the Hill? Hank's dad. Oh, Cotton. 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 Uh, You'll be like the most racist, sexist. Cotton Hill. Cotton Hill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Any other super chats? Uh, we got two more. The first one awesome. from Atham for $2 says, for California girls, eight is like a four or a three. Uh, I have to agree. We're, Atham, does Atham live in California or is he in He does not. I don't, I don't know if I want to tell people where he lives. Okay. He lives yeah. in a uh, not major metro part of California. One would say he lives in the hinterlands of California. Okay. Well, I guess he would know then. Um, yeah. Well, he does. He, he doesn't just stay there, but, um, you know, this is you just – you don't have to actually date these gals. I mean, you, you got the internet now. You can see – Hey guys, like, so I went out and I partied and oh my God. I mean, just, I mean, date one, every guy should date one California girl and you'll see what I'm talking about. I mean, it is just, oh, it's, a, and this was like 20 odd years ago. I can only imagine what it is now when you, at least the gal I dated was, was a conservative, you know, uh, mm. you get now, it's, I, I can't, I cannot really, I can't think of anything worse to date than a girl from California in the world. I'm trying to think of a place where, you know, the North I, Koreans are communists, but they'd be thankful they got food. Yeah. I, I hear Seattle is just about as bad from what I've heard. Right. Well, and you can make the argument in the case that Seattle women are worse because they don't shave, they don't use deodorant and they're, they're physically revolting on top of it. At least with LA or California chicks, they're physically attractive. Right. Um, whereas with Seattle, it's just going to be, you and there's know, no there's no sunshine in Seattle either, so I I think Seattle could be worse. It could be, it could be. I, you know what? If we could debate who was worse, Mao or Stalin. I, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to live in either of their countries. Uh, to be perfectly honest. All right, what else we got for our old super chats? All right, well I've been excited about this one. Um, Arkady Itkin. He um, before I get to his, I think. Arcady, I recognize, assuming it's the same one. He had a don't, great don't identify him. Don't I identify just want to say I just want to say he had a great YouTube channel about 10 years ago. And I used to watch a lot of his videos. So if this is the same one, I really like Arcady. Um and for five dollars, he asks, for someone who wants to live in a walkable city where you don't need to drive everywhere, what are options to avoid leftist shitholes? That is a really tough one. That a is walkable a city? Yeah, walkable that's not leftist, like most the, urban cities. Um, it doesn't exist. It doesn't. I mean, you can even go to Dallas. Dallas, Texas is leftist. Fort Worth is leftist. Houston is leftist. All Phoenix. major metro areas are leftist. Phoenix? Phoenix, the, the, the city center is going to vote left as well. It's And Phoenix is not walkable. Uh, there's downtown Phoenix. Uh, 
And that's what it's, it's not too unlike downtown Chicago, the financial district, like very few people live down there. And after 6 PM, it's a, it's a desert, you know, it's a morgue. Um, Phoenix is kind of the same way downtown Phoenix. There's nothing to do there except work. I'm, I'm there's restaurants and bars, but Scottsdale, which is another gosh, seven miles away. Uh, Phoenix is very spread out, very spread out. Um, if you want walkable cities, you either live in a downtown core. <sighs> New York is is walkable because every every you have like everything within walking distance if you live. That's very walkable. I'd say Chicago is walkable as long as you don't live downtown in the financial district. <clears throat> it's so lefty here though. And same with New York, I guess. Uh, yeah, don't the only way you're going to find walkable and non-communist, non-leftist is small American towns. Like when I lived in Buffalo, Wyoming, it was great. I lived above, what was it, the district attorney or the county attorney's office, walked past three bars, past the library, then I was at, at the bank. You know, uh, And that's conservative, traditional. But the only way that's going to be possible on any scale is if you're self-employed. That's about the only way. I mean, that's what I do just because my office is less than a mile from where I live. Um, I, I, you're, I don't, you're right. I don't think it exists, unfortunately. It, it, it doesn't exist. About the closest you can get, what's going to be easier is this. Instead of you trying to find some large metro area utopia that isn't leftist, what's going to be a lot more possible for you is to find a small conservative town with Main Street and be able to work remotely. Um, and then the world's your oyster because you can go from like kind of regional towns, like say, um, uh, Joliet or, uh, Springfield. I'm trying to use Illinois towns for Chad's benefit, um, <clears throat> or a Mankato or a St. Cloud or a Fargo, Fargo, North Dakota is a perfect example, example of a walkable town where you could work, but you basically want to be independent of having a job there. And then you can just pick a town that's conservative and, even though it's been, gosh, 60 years since each little small town had to have their own mercantile store and grocer and butcher and all that, a lot of towns still do kind of have that. You just got to find them. Um, but, yeah, you're not going to find a major metro that isn't leftist. It just doesn't exist. And is walkable, doesn't exist. just doesn't. Yeah, because the ones that aren't leftist, like, I mean, if you start going into like Oklahoma City and places like that, they're not major metros, and I highly doubt they're walkable. So, yeah, and even like Rapid City, which is imminently walkable, um, even that is leftist <clears throat> because they have a, a, an Indian population. It's not that, that they're necessarily Indian; uh, they're they're vagrants. You you can't go downtown Rapid City without getting hit up for money, or have a cigar without some drunk Indian coming up and and asking you for money. Um, so if it's almost as if a town gets too large, you're going to attract, uh, leftist elements and they're going to vote left, which will only feed upon itself. And then you're going to have a a leftist population and you're not going to be able to, you know, think about San Francisco, San Francisco. Actually, I could see why people would want to live there, uh, because there's a ton of restaurants, there's hills, there's beautiful architecture. It's a, it's a beautiful physically city. But you got bums hitting you up. You got needles. You got people shitting on the streets. You got people defecating and urinating on the streets. Seattle is increasingly the Tacoma. Oh my God. Tacoma is a dump. 
uh, because once again, you have allowed leftist policies to bring in leftist people. And, and now it, yeah, it just, it doesn't happen. It, and it doesn't take that big of a population uh, to, to ruin a downtown city. So your, your best bet is to find some small town out in the middle of somewhere and, uh, you know, and then work remotely from home. That's, that's the only way you're going to have that. Yeah. And by then you probably ought to be married or in a very serious relationship is the only thing I can think about. Um, yeah, it's almost, unless, unless, I mean, if you want to buy a house, yeah, then, then you got to worry about family and kids, but yeah, I, I just, oh, it was great when I was in Buffalo. I just had a little apartment, you know, one bedroom, never slept in the bedroom. I always slept on my couch. Didn't even really need the bedroom and, uh, then just walk out and Hey, um, I will say though, you'll get, you'll get stir crazy. You'll want to leave like here in the WBL. Like, I'm like, I gotta get out of here. That's basically what happens. The GF comes home and it's like, all right, we're going. She's like, I just got here. I'm like, nope, fuck it. We're leaving. We're going to go do something. Where are we going to go? I don't care. McDonald's, Taco Bell, the mall. I don't care. Let's just get the fuck out of here, man. I'll just say during my brief visit, yeah, you were ready to get out every time. I yep. noticed. <laughs> Let's go walk around White Bear Lake. Fuck it. I've been to every place here. I don't need to go to the bar again. Uh, any other super chats? Oh, we got a couple more. Another from Nick Shulaner. Such awesome. a good dude. He keeps. I going. like it. I hope he's rich. I hope he can afford it. Uh, well, this is dollar ninety nine. He says, "Trust me, Seattle sucks. Very few <laughs> hot girls here." Um, yeah, it's what I've been there a couple times, and it sort of seemed like that. I couldn't relate to any of them. The weather was bad. It was expensive. I got to tell you, man, I can't think of anything good about Seattle. Not anything. There's nothing good about uh, the place itself. I mean, the mountains are immediately to its east, and the mountains are wonderful and beautiful to hike. But that's not Seattle. That's that's the mountains. That's the Cascades. There's yeah. There's nothing good to say about it. I uh, yeah. At least California, there's warm weather. That's about it. it, it Seattle is very much like the Twin Cities. There's nothing good to say about it. It's cold. It's miserable. Um, some of the women are all right. They're okay. Hot here. They were much more attractive 20 years ago. But yeah, Seattle is just the ugliest city in in the United States. It's just physically revolting people that live there. Um, Joseph Jagusa, five dollar uh, super chat. Ooh, that's that's high. Pre- We're going to give him extra special treatment. We're going to actually try to answer this question this time. That's five bucks. That's well, it's one for both of us. He he asks favorite venues in the Twin Cities slash Chicago for both of us to answer. I think so. I mean, I'll go first if you want, and I think you'll agree. Do that. Do that. I'm going to go take a piss. You go ahead and answer and expound on it. I'll be back in a second. All right. Well, I Clary likes this place, too. Uh, there's a place called the Green Mill, which is very historic because Al Capone used to hang out there, and there's supposedly secret passageways where he can he used to escape and hide whenever authorities would enter it. It's fantastic. They played jazz there. It's cash only they have all kinds of great live performers sometimes there's a bit of a cover and it can get crowded because it is a really classy spot but um i remember the first time clary came to chicago uh we actually went there and uh it's really 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 fun so that's one of my favorite spots um i have a few others as far as it's kind of depends what you're looking for. If you mean restaurants, um, there's all sorts of great stuff downtown. 
I don't know if I recommend deep dish pizza. A lot of people like it. It's not really my thing, but when people come to Chicago, that seems to be the go-to, what they want to try. Um, if you do that, there's a great place called Malnati's is good. Gino's East is pretty good. Um, that's, I'll just, I'll leave that for now for Chicago. Clary, I just mentioned the Green Mill and, and the restaurant I kind of like. Green, when, Green Mill is my favorite bar in the world. I'm not, I'm not, it is my favorite bar in the world. Um, well, what's the best, I think it's the best one in Chicago. Mm -hmm. So what, uh, what were your top here? Just out of curiosity for my own sake. Well, I, I just mentioned the Green Mill, and I mentioned that if you were looking for deep dish pizza, I thought Lou Malnati's is probably the best, or Gino's East, because that's sort of the Chicago thing. I've noticed everybody who comes to town, they're like, I want to try deep dish. I have to try deep dish pizza. So mm -hmm. I just mentioned that. Okay. Um, what were your favorite places in the Twin Cities, like when you're here in St. Paul or when we bummed you around? I don't mind. Like I thought, Mancini's was so freaking classy and awesome. That that is up there. I'll, I've seen. Now I only spent a year in Chicago. And I don't even know if a lot of these venues are still around. But uh, Green Mill by far is my favorite bar in the world. Uh, that is a bar every man and woman must go to. <clears throat> um, Try to think where else the established venues in Chicago. I really like the Golden Nugget. That's just a I know, I know, it's so stupid, it, but it's true. It's like it's, it's not stupid. When my folks were here, they ate there twice. Like, yeah, I don't blame them. Um, I, now, I ate there on Friday. Uh, my favorite restaurant in Chicago, though, uh, but now it's been franchised is Potbellies. Oh, Potbellies, yep, yeah, the original Potbellies. You have you have no idea how excited I was. Like when in two thousand two they started franchising, I didn't have to go to Chicago anymore to get a Potbellies. But the uh, the original one over there on Halstead, uh, I really I got. And then when I went to Chicago, I would I would have it like on a weekend. If I went there for a weekend, I'd eat Popeyes at least five times because it was just it was you know you got to pack it in. Uh, the Twin Cities, basically, it's everywhere I took you, Chad. We went to what uh, Mancini's. That's the yeah. top place you have to go to the Twin Cities. We went and to the hotel. That, uh, what's that? When we were in St. Paul, we checked out the hotel. Which St. Paul Hotel is very nice yeah. as well. Um, I, I wouldn't say it's anything unique. It's just very nice. Uh, you, it's not like is the pump room around anymore? Is that is Chicago? Is the pump room there anymore or no? Gosh, I don't know if that's around anymore. Uh, okay. I I don't recognize the name. The pump room. They probably renamed it something. Okay, all right. The Drake Hotel. I'm I'm trying to give him an idea. Like if you walk in any fancy end hotel. Uh, there was a nice bar at the Drake Hotel that I enjoyed very much in Chicago. This would be the equivalent of that in St. Paul. St. Paul Hotel, <clears throat> just a very nice bar, St. Paul Hotel and Bar. Um, we took you to Jack's Cafe. Uh, that I really thoroughly enjoy. I would say it's Mancini's than Jack's Cafe. We went to Psycho Susie's. That's all right. It's more gimmicky than anything Which one else. was Jack's? I'm sorry. I'm having a brain fart here Jack's cafe was that high-end bar near psycho susie's didn't we take you there i know i'm not sure we made it there i definitely remember yeah. psycho susie's um i'm not sure we because i think we were going to but traffic was so shitty because there was like the first little snowstorm that night yeah, yeah okay maybe maybe you didn't go to jack's cafe but anyway so mancini's jack's psycho susie's is worth checking out the same owner owns danger betty's which is just down the road from psycho susie's so if you go to psycho susie's maya will go to danger betty's 
Um, and then, God almighty, uh, Sebastian Joe's ice cream is an absolute must. That was that was delicious. Yes. Yeah. Get the banana. Uh, Pavarotti. Yeah, Pavarotti. Pavarotti. <laughs> uh, and honestly, you take those three things out, Mancini's, Jack's Cafe, and Sebastian Joe's ice cream, there's nothing that this – there's not, I mean, yeah, I mean, we got, we got bars and restaurants. We got heck even downtown Minneapolis. They used to have a good nightlife. Now it's kind of drastically died off. There's very little in the twin cities that is established quality. And like, Oh my God, you got to check it out. Um, yeah. Joseph followed up the guy with the super chat followed up with a $2 when he said, screw Portillo's. I agree. For some reason, it's such a Chicago staple to that they have hot dogs without ketchup. That's like be some it's become some kind of identifying feature that people are proud of here. And I, I it seems that's kind of lame. But I'm also not from here, so I agree. Don't worry about Portillos; it's not really that important. Cool. Uh, any other super chats? We actually have a bunch more. I bet wow, you. Let's get let's get through. This is we we haven't gotten to asshole consulting yet. I mean, I thank God because I got this will be more training for John when he comes on tomorrow, <laughs> with his deep voice. Um, all right. As long as he as long as he doesn't slam on Jews or any other races, I'll be happy. That's the only hurdle I have for him. Is he just? There's no race talk. None. Just just answer the questions. That's it. Um, so, okay. Arcady, he, he's got a couple more super chats. The first one for $5 says most suburban areas feel like cemeteries. No one is out on the streets. It's really hard to get used to such a slow life. Even if you have kids, I totally agree. I agree. I can't, I don't do well in suburbs at all. I never really grew up in one and I don't understand why people go to them. I, I get that you can get a bigger house and a yard, but it's just so so cookie cutter and stale, you but, know, but that's, you're not there to party. You're there to live and raise a family. I um, get that, but it's yeah. like, it's just so vanilla. I get that you, that you're not there to party, but it's just like growing up in a, in a box. Let me, let me hang on. I'll pull this up. Another opportunity to be a whore. Chad, have you ever read this book? Yeah, I think I, yeah, I read that a couple years ago. What, what's the general premise of the book? Uh, so spoiler alert, or do I just, uh, just, just tell me what you learned about it and then we will apply this to the suburbs. So most people don't have a high IQ and if you do have a high IQ, it means you're going to have a harder time relating to most people, which means you're doomed to be unhappy for most of your life. Is that what you that were you pretty at? much hit it? Yes. So if, <laughs> if you want to save yourself the time of reading that book, Chad just summarized it for you a little bit more to it than that. But you you're looking at why do all women vote Democrat? Why do two thirds of the students major in stupid shit? Why do men watch sports ball? Why <laughs> do people live in the suburbs? You want to know why? Because they're stupid. Because they're brainwashable fucks. Because that's what you do. The vast, I, I did the number and it was some, yeah, remember what, it, it, there's so many decimal points that it does the, uh, to the E number exponent. Yeah. Like instead of like t 
typing in 23 zeros, it just says E to the 23rd or E23, meaning there's 23 decimals. I did the math of all notable people. I tried to estimate <clears throat> like throughout history, how many people in history made it? You know, how many people composed history? And you're at most at like 100,000. Do you know how many people have lived on the planet? That'd be a great question, but it's between uh, 50 and 100 billion. And so it was one of those things. What percent of people actually leave a mark for good or bad, uh, have some kind of legacy to leave? It is such a, a small fraction of the population. Y yeah, I got news for you. If you're tuned into this channel, the suburbs are not for you. If you're tuned into this channel, television and TV shows is not for you. If you're tuning into this channel, the vast majority of books, magazines, and media and society is not for you. And yeah, the suburbs are boring. That's where people go to breed. And frankly, their their intelligence or their intellects die. It, it, we went and drove around looking at, um, at Christmas lights. I had... Uh, a cigar, me and the GF went out. We were just listening to jazz and Vince Heraldi. It was a wonderful thing. And what was weird is it was snowing. It was like the perfect setup. And you know what I did not see? Fresh snow, about an inch or so, maybe even two inches on the ground. You know what I did not see, even though we were driving around and everybody's lights were on? What did you not see? What should you see after a fresh snow? What should be on the ground? Well, you would expect to see children running around and playing but i don't know if that's what you were getting at I, we that's a good thing too what would the said children leave in the snow if they were running around and playing oh footprints so tracks there should yeah. there should be tracks so i'm looking there's no car tracks there's no foot traffic everybody but the lights were on cars were parked everybody was indoors it was like 6 p.m or something it wasn't late and i'm like what? It, why is everybody home? What? And I got to remind myself of this book, by the way. Don't know if you heard Curse of the High IQ. But, oh, that's right. These people are in watching their television shows. They're watching. If you watch The Walking Dead, have have you seen the game of game of the the wonderful chair, the Game of Thrones? I wonder if the dragons are showing. I mean. They're they're plugged in. They're the Matrix. We're just driving around the Matrix is what we were doing. These people were plugged in. They had to go to bed at 10 p.m. because they had to wake up so that they could work and pay the taxes so that we might have an infrastructure and not have to work. It's it's the Matrix. That's all. You were just driving around hives, hives, and they were hibernating. That's it. That's what they do. So that's why this, yes, the suburbs are boring. There is no life in the suburbs. Now, you drive to the city, but even then the city is almost equally conformist, I'd say, as the suburbs. Like, hey, man, we're like a hipster millennial bar where we have American Eats and like some craft brews. Like, wow, holy Gast fucking shit. That's Gastropub. What's the term? <laughs> Gastropub? Oh, fuck, whatever it is. Hey, look, we took a log and we cut it in half the long way and flipped it up and we put lacquer on it. And now you can sit in it. Oh, wow, we're so edgy. Hey, you like my beard? I mean, fuck it. You know, you know what I did last night? What? Drove around in my truck, had a cigar, and I was just listening to Roosh's new book. Because I, because I, there's nothing to do. Oh, there's restaurants open, but why am I going to go to that? It's, it's the same thing. Yeah. There's nothing in the suburbs. You're right. The suburbs are boring. They're meant to be. They're, they're not made for intelligent, unique, creative people. They're made for conformists who spit out kids and are probably going to raise their kids to think they're transgendered or that they have privilege or something. So that's why the suburbs suck. All right. 
Well, on to the next one. This is again from Arcady. I think you're really going to like this one. I love these questions. If there's money involved, I love these questions. Well, for $5, and this is a great topic, he asks, statistics suggest people slash millennials have less sex than prior generations. Please discuss reasons. Is it porn, dating apps, feminism, all of the above? I mean, it's... It, this is a heavy topic that there's probably a ton to say. So there's, what do you think? Well, it's it, it's a it's a multiple reasons. Yes, porn. Um, yes, feminism. Feminism has weaponized women against men. They they they're they're literally trained to view men as the enemy. They really are. Uh, and hey, look at this. You want to find out how that's been done? You can get what the hell can you get? The Pence Principle by Randall Bentley. But it goes into that. Uh, but yeah, women have been conditioned to view men as the adversary, maybe not the enemy, but an adversarial relationship. Um, men have not had any fathers. There's no masculinity. And I think if you don't have it instilled in you, you don't get the testosterone. You know those try guys? You ever hear when they got their testosterone tested? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw that. These guys are in their, their early 20s and they had testosterone lower than me. You know, and I'm as old fart 40 old. These guys had it under 300. <laughs> so without that testosterone, I don't know how aggressive men are. I also think men are pussies nowadays. They are, I mean, how many fucking emails do I get? Like, oh, how do I get girls to like me? And it's like, well, you go and you ask them out. Well, that most men don't have the balls to go and get rejected, which is what good 90% of approaching women is, is rejection. Well, they might be scared of being arrested for asking a girl out. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, this, this, this guy right here, see him? Hang on, let me get that low. That guy, does he look familiar? Does that bitch look familiar? That Kuantaha? Uh, yeah, I saw them on the, well, I didn't really see him on TV, but I read about all this stuff. Yeah. Um, so there's that fear as well. Again, there's multiple reasons, but I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you the pluralistic reason the single largest percentage not the majority but the single largest reason why people are having less sex you know why uh what because younger people are ugly as fuck nowadays i you know what i can see that i was just thinking about that i was walking around over the weekend and i, I couldn't figure out why what the story is with that these days you know it's it's because of laziness. I'll give you the correct answer to that. It's also laziness. To be beautiful takes effort. I mean, the one gal that you're dating or kind of dating, I don't want to identify too much, but she put in the effort to stay in shape for a woman who's somewhat older, right? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And she looked good, and certainly for her age, uh, but that takes effort. It's sad that, frankly, Gen X is better looking, even though we got 10 to 15 years on the younger generations, because of the simple fact we're not obese, or in the case of men, I know we like to slam on women, but let's feel bad for women here for a bit and be honest. I mean, who the fuck wants to fuck millennial boys? Who, who want? I could see why girls want to go get a, a dildo and, and go take care of themselves. Who the fuck would want to sleep with the, with the try guys? Who want to sleep with Tanner, the sociology major? And I don't know what Gen Z is going to look like, but if it's any indication, they're just ugly people. And you got to be, in order for sex to happen, you got to be somewhat turned on or physically attracted to the opposite sex. And if women are not going to shave their arm hair, pit hair, they're going to get tattooed, they're going to be fat, they're going to be obese. And if men are going to look like, I don't know what, there's there's been no 
instance in human history where it's been such a soft upbringing. You have this, they almost look like aliens, you know, like aliens are always skinny, but the big eyes, you know, as they're portrayed in TV. That's so kind of, it's like a feedback loop then because it's a feedback. Yeah. yeah the, the women are ugly. So the guys don't want to be their best. And since mm-hmm. the guys don't want to be their best, the women stay ugly and it's just kind of, yeah, there's, I mean, and, and you could also throw in the fact that women are not, uh, <clears throat> programmed, conditioned, encouraged, whatever to pursue men. Uh, again, they, 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 I know I keep plugging it, but he pays me too, but that Pence principle really shows some great insight into the female psychology today of how, uh, it, the concept of a husband and, and I mean, being a wife, I, I delineate between getting married and being a wife because getting married just requires saying I do mm-hmm. being a wife takes a lot of dedication and effort and selflessness and love and, and making your man happy. Women do not have any desire or conditioning or programming to actually go become a wife. They are, however, conditioned to go make careerists to get an education and get more education and work more and be careers to get certifications, to get CPE, to get an advanced degree so they can get some more education. So they can go and become a career so they can make more money, they can pay taxes and they can buy more CPE classes, get the certifications that become a, a, a career professional, get more certification and education and then die <laughs> and die. Yeah, that's that's their goal. So there's no like, oh, I'm going to hit the gym and live to give, give great blowjobs and have fake titties bolted. It's none of that. There's, there's very little of that now. So that's why why there's very little sex. In order to, for sex to occur, it, people need to be sexy. And that's just, this is the ugliest generation I think the world has ever seen. So just before we, before we conclude on this one, since he brought it up, like porn and dating apps, do they play into this at all too? Or Certainly. I mean, why... why? <clears throat> Why go to the gym? And I can totally sympathize. I don't agree, but I could totally sympathize with MGTOW or guys like, fuck it. I'm just going to go look at porn and jerk off. You know, um, I, I could see it because it's way easier. It takes less time, effort, and energy. Um, even listening to Roosh's book, um, he's talking about how in his short time of being a player, you know, 15 years or whatever, the amount of effort it took to get a girl pre smartphones. Uh, is a fraction of what it takes now because all you had to do is be somewhat charming and witty and, da, 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 and you try five or six times and then the seventh one you'd get a phone number and that led to a date <clears throat> now with the vast unlimited unlimited amount of digital attention women can get and i didn't know how much i subscribed to this but now i i'm finding myself more and more agreeing with it because it's real what you gotta do to impress a girl let alone to get her to meet in meet space. You know, yeah, impress them online digitally is one thing because that's where everyone's meeting nowadays. But to get them to come out of the house, I mean, you're talking days of labor, days of going and uh, uh, sending out requests. That I, I mean, it's like applying for a job. And you could say, well, I can I can get a job. I can, I can apply for a job. But the difference is you need a job. You technically don't need sex. If you can jerk off at the porn, well, it's a hell of a lot easier substitute. I mean, I bet you if you did the math in terms of calories of energy spent, the amount of time, or not time, the amount of uh, calories of energy spent to to blow one out uh, versus actually, think think about it. <clears throat> and now, now I know for, it's got to be one one thousand. Think of the amount of calories of energy, three minutes to rub one out, okay? Now compare that 
to how much time, effort, and energy you have to spend to get one girl to have sex with you one time. You got to date a score. You got to go out. You got to send out dating things. You got to put together a profile. You got to swipe right or left or whichever one it is. You got to go on the date. You got to work up the money to pay for the date. And then, and then after five or six, maybe, maybe, and then, and then not the mention of the psychological bullshit, you're inevitably going to endure like, I was like, lady, do you want to have sex or fucking not? What? <laughs> and then in the book, again, Penn's principle, is she going to say that I raped her? You know, that's not the majority of cases, thank God. But now you got to worry about it. Do, do I have, now you got fret. Now you have psychological, oh, fuck it. You could totally see where, you know, at least they're being logical. There's a logic, a very clear, obvious logic as to why guys are going to go with porn instead of a real gal. And so, yes, it is a feedback loop. But, yeah, there, there's porn definitely, I would say, play because it provides a great substitute good. It's like, what, the price of chocolate chip cookies went up to $100 a cookie? I guess I'll spend a nickel and get myself a peanut butter cookie instead. That's that's basically what it is. Mm-hmm. Well, what's, next? what's next? Next, come on. Next, all right. King Leo for four ninety nine uh, asks. I think I know the answer to this. It says, found your channel while looking up CPA versus CMA on YouTube. Thanks for the vids, bro. Wondering if you watched Dan Locke, Gary V, or Alpha Investments on YouTube. Me or you? I think he's talking to you, and I know you don't really watch videos on YouTube. I don't really watch any of those on no, YouTube. No, I, I don't either. I, and it's not to say that these aren't great shows, but it's it's the paradox of, you know, if you're a dentist, what's the last thing you want to do? Yeah. Watch watch dental videos. Like, you produce content. So, uh, yeah, do I watch Rich Cooper? No. Do I watch Glendon Cameron? No. Every once in a while, you know, did I read Rolo Tomasi's book? No. Um, so these guys, you know, and I also have my own investment philosophy, so I, I don't really need investment advice, but, uh, I mean, again, if, if you like them, like the gorilla economist, I would love to binge on the gorilla economist. That's another one for those of you who are out there. Uh, this guy was kind enough to have me on the show and there's only 24 hours a day, you know, two hours of which have to be spent with this Chad Elkins fella answering super chat questions, making money. Yeah, how horrible, huh? This is horrible, man. This is just. <laughs> not a bad Monday where it's snowing outside and I haven't seen the sun and like, well, since I got back from Thanksgiving, so yeah, it's cloudy out here too. And, um, I've just relegated to the fact I'm not gonna see the sun until I go to Vegas again, but that's uh, hey, hey, it could be worse. We could have real chaps. That's true. At least we didn't have to get up and commute today. So correct. All right. What else we got? All right, Nick. Nick has another quick comment. He just says, imagine what happens for $2. Imagine what happens when these girls hit the wall. Um, what were we talking about earlier? Uh, well, we already saw it. I had a, if you guys want, uh, maybe bookmark it or look it up or write it down. I put a video together called Generation Spinster. And there was a gal, <clears throat> Dating Laurel. Dating Laurel, I remember her name. Dating Laurel, she has a website. And, um, that's what's going to happen. And even that is a success story because this woman realized at 36, short version is dating Laurel. She did. Oh my God. Hey guys, I have big tits. I'm from California. I'm blonde hair, blue eyes. And oh my goodness, let me tell you how to work. And the, the hypocrisy and the irony of her providing dating advice. And then 
five, six years ago, she puts a video together where she's actually choking up about why she has to freeze her eggs because she's 36. She hasn't found a guy, which is bullshit because she was very attractive. She could have found a guy. There are plenty of guys throwing themselves at her. Pl plenty of quality men, no doubt, were in that group. And she just wanted to do the party life. <clears throat> then she had an epiphany and found out. Chad, I don't know if you knew this. I don't know if you knew this. But did you know uh, scientists and doctors have discovered that women do not remain fertile until they're dead? Did you know that? Whoa, are you serious? I Apparently there's this thing called, now they call it menopause. I don't know how you pronounce it, but this menopause, uh, apparently <clears throat> there is a poasi in the meno, and they can't produce eggs no more, and then they can't have kids. And apparently, now this is some advanced shit, towards the end, or as you approach menopause, uh, apparently the quality of the eggs aren't that good, and there may be complications. They theorize. They theorize. There may be complications a kid might have. Down syndrome or something else, three legs. Oh, who knows? Wait, I, I thought I thought women could have it all. Like I clearly you're not telling the truth. No, I'm no, I, I and well, and that's why we're gonna hunt down those rat bastard doctors and scientists and kill them because they are lying. Obviously, women can breed until they're dead. Uh anyway, the the video this gal put together is how she had to freeze her eggs. And you know, you just want to step back from the insanity and say, Do you do you hear yourselves? Do you, she's like, you know, this is really great. And every woman should freeze her eggs. And my question is if biology, okay, you won't listen to men. You won't listen to Republicans. You won't listen to conservatives. You won't listen to traditionalism. You won't listen to history. Will you listen to fucking biology? Will you listen to reality? You're not making it. Poof, out comes dust. That's it. Will you listen to that? No, we're going to freeze our eggs. Da, da, da. I mean, maybe maybe life is trying to tell you something, that maybe there's an opportune time that you are genetically designed to have kids and be a mother or a father. And no, it's, it's I'm going to freeze my eggs, which has a very uh, <clears throat> poor track record. You got to freeze a lot of them to hopefully have one that comes out all right. Uh, but that is where we're going. That's what's going to happen. These women, and I hate to keep slamming on, but this is the biggest lie being told to women now, to, to the society, is that your career and your job is the most important thing. You are the most important thing. Chad, let me ask you something. How bored are you with yourself? How bored am I with myself? Yeah, like name name an expert on Chad Elkins that's more of an expert than you. Uh, hmm. I was going to think some of our super chatters, but no, it would just be me. Like, it would I'm, be you. Yeah. Are, aren't you kind of sick of yourself? Don't you want to seek out other people, maybe? It would be nice to uh, have some interaction with other people at right. certain times. Yeah. Like, I don't need any more Aaron Cleary, but feminism has convinced women the most important thing on the planet is them. And I can't think of anything more boring than yourself because you're you. You 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 have the world's largest supply of you. You're in your own brain. You go to sleep with yourself. You wake up with yourself. You're with yourself. Your shadow. It's your freaking shadow. You don't need to know any more about you. And how they've fooled women into thinking that working and the career and paying taxes and going into debt for worthless degrees is more important than the love and companionship of not just men but other people, friends, family, loved ones, uh, children. Uh, perhaps, uh, especially when there's a tickety talk, tickety talk. Like if there's no tickety talk, well then, yeah, you could get around to men and family whenever you want. But there is a tickety talk, tickety talk. 
And it's not just men, uh, menopause. It's not just menopause, this newfangled thing, this discovery they just found out. But it's called your physical looks and beauty. Because after you lose it, half the population don't give a shit about you anymore. And so I think it it is so thorough and complete indoctrination. They have convinced young women to piss away their number one asset. And that is their youth and beauty. And don't let anyone lie to you otherwise. Holy shit, you can, you're a CPA? No offense to you, Chad Elkins, but um, are there other CPAs around? Yeah, there's one or two. There might be one or two. Uh, how many good-looking women with a nice demeanor, nice set of tits, and would make a good wife and knows how to rock your world to bed? How many women are there like that? Frankly, not many. Right. <laughs> now, I'm no economist. But if I were, I'd say, well, one has slightly higher demand and will command more resources than the other. Uh, but no, it's it's going to be Generation Spinster. When they're going to, starting in kindergarten, definitely in college, then you got them hooked on debt. Then women have to work. And I'm not against women working either, going into STEM, but I mean, for God's sake, going to something worthwhile. Regardless, they're they're now indebted, not only to their debt, but they put all this effort and infrastructure into working. Now they have to make it pay off. So by the time they actually come around to think like, well, maybe I ought to get married, they're in their late 30s or 40s. Fuck you. You got a daughter? I mean, did you, actually, did you, did you have a teenage pregnancy in there where she's like maybe 25 now? Well, set me up with that. Uh, but it's it's too late. And then... Then uh, that's when Ellen DeGeneres and Oprah kick in and, and, and feminism really goes into the, the spin control uh, where, oh, you don't need people. It's self-love. I've learned this stuff listening to feminist podcasts. Uh, it's your cats, your wine. And it's, it is. It's spinsterism. It's spinsterism. It's like, good, go. I, but that's, that's where it goes. I would prefer it not, but by this time, people have chosen that path. I guess there's some I told you so or comeuppance, of which you and I, uh, us being Gen X, we are on the cusp of seeing that happen in spades now mm. uh, because Gen X women are starting to hit menopause uh, now. And it would be very curious uh, to see how this latest generation of feminists turn out. Can't wait to see what life satisfaction they have. I don't think it's going to be good. No, it's not, but it's going to be funny. It's going to be it's going to be some dark fucking ass humor. And I'm going to be laughing my ass off how how it'd be one thing if they were dumber low IQ people. Women are not dumber low IQ people. They have the same average IQ. Bell distribution is different. It's the arrogance and cockiness that they thought they knew better and they're constantly telling me how independent minded they are. And it's like, all right, we'll actually be independent-minded. And I see nothing but sheep, nothing but sheep. And they're all, well, lemmings. They're all running for that fucking cliff. And I'm done trying to tell them to stop running for the cliff. Now I'm like, yeah, keep going. Nope, I'm just a sexist. You keep running off that cliff. Go ahead. Nope, happiness is on the other side of that cliff. You go. Yes, Thelma and Louise, go faster. <laughs> you look so sad. Are you sad now? I I I can't say that I'm I'm sad. I um I I have some so I would say I have some compassion for them, but I don't think they had a lot of compassion for the younger men when they were rejecting them all those years. So I don't know what to say. I I don't mean to sound like a a bitter sour grapes guy, but <clears throat> yeah, you're going to get rejected. 
And yeah, you're going to be led on. But the amount of bullshit we had to tolerate in our early dating years, heck, not even our early dating years, you last I recall had some drama and crap that was completely unacceptable. Uh, it's kind of like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to enjoy this. I really am going to enjoy this. You know, it, it's, uh, and it's not that I, I live my life. Oh my God, I can't wait. You know, I'm not sitting there on the MGTOW forums. Like, oh, look at that. <laughs> Yeah, you know, but have I got forums. I guess they do. I'm sure they do. Yeah, yeah. But I, 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 I'll, I'll tell you. You know, single mom of three uh, needs money for this. Like, oh, too freaking bad. I guess it sucks to be you. Ha ha. Let me guess. You know, and this gal, uh, the dating Laurel. Uh, it's like you're 36, and you, you damn well know she shot down good quality men. You damn well know it. And now she's crying. It's like that. Yeah, can't have if there's a tear welting up, it's a tear of joy because this is so freaking funny. It's so beautiful. The equilibrium is just so perfect. All right, what else? All righty. Well, Arcady has another one. Let's keep them keep them coming in. Keep them so, coming. Five dollar chat, and uh, he asks. Lastly, how much do you? Oh wow. Wow. Um, it's just, it's funny. It's almost related to what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, lastly, how much do you feel sorry for today's uh, people who will not experience the excitement of eye contact, first phone call, basic romantic persistence? Wow. I haven't thought about it, but yeah. I feel like, bad I, for them. I feel actually really bad for them because that's. Rem- so remember, how old are you? What, what are you? Are you 37? Are you 36? Well, I'm in that range. I won't give my exact. Okay. All right. But you had, there was, you had to call the girl up. Remember you get the phone number? Yeah. I called the girl up. I was around when that was a thing, you know, like you had to call them. And and then, and this is no cell phones. Like the dad would pick up and like, hi, voice is cracking. Hello, sir. One second. Sometimes they'd ask who's calling. You'd have to say, oh, it's Chad from science class or, you know, science (laughs) class. (laughs) <laughs> and where i went to high school we really didn't have phones that worked very well because it was no. in the third world countries so that made it all the more fun <laughs> oh yeah and no, i remember god you'd, you'd 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 get the courage you'd ask the girl out in person at school sometimes you'd have to wait for school and then you rehearse your line like okay i'm gonna oh uh, you know you're like what are you what are you in the eighth grade 13 14 some dipshit kid and yeah you, you work up your line and oh hey, uh, hey oh well, you got nothing else going on. Maybe uh, you and I go see a movie. And then a lot of times, it may shock you, the girl would say yes. And that made it only worse because I go, oh my God, she said yes. So I got to go on. The- what do I do? You know, and then you put your hand. Dude, I got to tell you a story. Look, this is the Arcady's going to laugh his ass off. All you guys is. So um, I had gotten to, uh, I got, I got, I can't remember the girl's name. I can remember her face. I can't remember her name. Marcus Theaters down in uh, Milwaukee and uh, went to a movie and, and okay, do you hold hands? You get the, I mean, just stupid ass shit, you know? And like, okay, maybe I'll get my arm around. So you get your arm around the girl, right? And then it sits there for, you know, I got it around early. So it had to stay there because you didn't want to move, you know, like, okay, I got this far. We're going to secure our gains. We're going to cement our gains. Okay, sell, sell now. Let's get our capital gains here. We're not moving. So now all of a sudden your arm starts to get sweaty and, uh, it falls asleep and you don't know it. So it sat there for pretty much the entire movie. And then we get up to go and you normally take your hand. You're going to push it off of the, you know, little 
armrest there. So I try to push it down. I thought I had it down, put weight on it. I just fell right back into the seat because my arm had completely fallen asleep. It was just bloop, bloop, like that. And the girl's like, are you all right? I'm like, I'm fine. My arm just fell asleep. I'm, I'm okay. I mean, that shit, you know, get the first kiss. Uh, <clears throat> and now you guys, you probably see their titties. They, they text you a picture or whatever. What is it? Snapchat. That's what they use, right? Snapchat is the stuff they use. Yeah, Snapchat okay. and all the social media stuff that ruin all the mystique and mystery of getting. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's it. That's long gone. Yeah, no, the days of actually. It, again, listening to Rush's book, it. I I think there's a lot of validity and merit. He recommends like you know running day game and approaching women in person, which I think you absolutely should. If if for anything, the thrill and the exhilaration, you know, get your heart racing a little bit, but now. Sending likes or whatever, a Facebook friend request or whatever. I it's that takes nothing. It takes absolutely nothing. Yeah, it is kind of a shame because it's it's the path of least resistance, right? You know, they mm -hmm. never learn how to really kind of grow some balls, frankly. Yeah, I mean, I mean and even <clears throat> I'll even grant you uh, going to bars and nightclubs. Ugh, the environment there is so hostile and loud it's it, you're you're you got a disadvantage but even that asking a girl out at a bar or a restaurant or something um i mean at least you'll 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 grow some chops if you do it that way a little bit but no that's that's all that's all done and gone that naivete that childlike innocence sad all right what else we got all right, this next question I feel terrible about because wait till you hear my answer. Right. Uh, Four ninety nine. Fernando Covet asks, "Let's show how it's done. Pay up and ask a question." Mm. Chad, I've got a baby on the way. What are the exemptions now for married couple with two kids? Um, this is it breaks my heart to have to tell you that tax reform got rid of all exemptions, so the answer is zero. Um, but you know, just to add a little bit of a silver lining, they did double the standard deductions. So chances are, I don't know your situation, but chances are you'll be doing better with that. And don't forget that they lowered the medical expense requirements, although chances are you won't use it because you'll be using the standard deduction. And if you're using any daycare, and your wife works, then you can still get the child independent care credit. But unfortunately, yeah, there's no more exemptions at all. So that is a bummer. It's, it's not going to benefit you. <laughs> yeah, darn it. You're not paid to have kids anymore. You're going to have to raise them yourself. Oh, my God. Well, okay. They did up I the know. child tax credit, That's which is something you get for having a child. So maybe you'll qualify for that depending on your income. Um, but it's interesting how they decided to move all that stuff around. <laughs> what does it just make it simpler? I mean, my God, all that. I mean, your schedule A. I mean, it simplified the schedule A, right? I mean, here, it's just simpler. Here's your tax deduction. Ugh. I'll buzz off. No? I can, tell you, I can tell you this. I've been, I have to take a continuing professional education. I have to finish that up before the end of the year. And I'm, I've got this one course I'm going to do probably this week. I've been finishing up the refresher for it. And I just got to say, they did far from simplifying this thing. Uh -huh. They made it much more complicated. <laughs> oh, well, maybe my dream of having a sales tax and eliminating the income tax altogether would solve. But you'd be out of a job then. 
And you know what, man? Let's say that happens. I think I'm resourceful enough where I could find something else to focus on. A CPA would have some other kind of use. So mm-hmm. hey, come at me on that yeah. one. No, I would I would love it where there's just no no income tax. I wouldn't you wouldn't have to file it, you know, you'd have to pay it on the sales side, but you wouldn't have to. All right. Uh any other super chats? I think we're finally caught up. I just want to make sure. All right. Um asshole consulting. Looks good. Yeah, because you might have another asshole consulting. Oh, I got I got plenty. I got, they just keep coming in. Like the uh, chats. <laughs> <laughs> hey Aaron, I have a bunch of questions about job hunting when you already have a job. I think this might be useful for other people in your oh, what's the time mark? What's the time mark? I think we're about at 90 minutes. Yeah, 90 minutes, 91. This is from Paul. Uh, I think this would be of use for your other people in your audience, so I'm looking for a video request. <clears throat> you have said before that you should always be applying for jobs. I agree, and I like the idea of having a plan B job offer in the bag in case shit hits the fan. But won't this earn you the reputation of being a time waster if you regularly decline job offers after going through the interview process? Would you use recruiters or only apply directly? I can see recruiters getting pissed off if you don't accept the job offer uh, after they did all the legwork and thus might be reluctant to help you in the future. Would you be honest in interviews to say you're not 100% set on leaving your current job but would be interested in the right opportunity? How long would you stay in a job before hopping on to something else? I don't want future employers to be worried that I'll jump ship right away and turn out to be a bad investment. I'm in the web development industry, if that makes any difference. Thanks, Paul. Um, Chad, what do you think here? I almost feel bad answering because I haven't had to find a, quote, real job in several (laughs) years. Um, But I remember right after grad school, this was a thing for me. You know, I was working with some recruiters. I'll say this. I don't think there's as much of a stigma on um, job hopping now as there used to be in the past, because everybody knows what the economy's like. It's kind of a gig economy. You know, people are always moving around. And frankly, the unemployment rate is so low right now. I think the, I think the power has finally shifted a little bit more into the um, employee side of things. Because when I graduated, it was still a terrible, terrible economy, terrible job market. Um, I wouldn't worry too much about pissing recruiters off. Because recruiters, recruiters only care, I'm sorry, but this is true, unless there's some really good ones out there, and I still have some good relationships with some, you know, from back in the day when I was using them, unless unless you form like that kind of good relationship, they only really care about one thing, and that's getting a commission for placing you. They're not actually that interested in listening to what your needs are. I mean, they might do an, you know, an a 360 view of it, or, you know, what's the term when it's like a, a bird's eye view of it. But I, I remember I used to tell them, look, I'm not interested in any job, poss- any job opportunities in the suburbs. I'm not, that's too far. I don't have a car and the suburbs suck as we were talking about. And so many times they would call me up or send me an email and say, Hey, I got a great one for you. You'd be a good <laughs> fit for, and I'd be all excited. Yeah, I'd be like, that's amazing. I, you know, that'd be so cool. And they'd be like, okay, it's in Northbrook. And I know you said you wanted to be in the city, but hey, the Metro can get you there in an hour and 15 minutes each way. <laughs> Come on, let's do it. And I'm like, no, did you listen to a word I said when we got together for our initial meeting? So I don't think you should worry too much about pissing off recruiters. Plus, there's a ton of recruiters out there, at least where I live. There's so many. 
Yeah, we're, <clears throat> the recruiting industry is kind of like realty or realtors. Like there's some rainmakers and then there's just your rank and file shit that are transitory. You'll never see them again. Um, I'm going to take a slightly different view. Let me, let's go through the individual questions. Um, I like the idea of having a plan B, but won't this earn you the reputation of being a time waster if you regularly decline job offers after going through the interview process? This assumes it gets to the interview process. <clears throat> what you want to do if you have a job is you then apply for jobs that, you know, and you're pretty stable and secure in your current job. You apply for ones where they're going to give you an offer you can't refuse. You know, you're making 60. Well, okay, now you, you are only going to apply for $100,000. It's going to be uh, worth it, blah, blah, blah. So you're not going to be having that many interviews. Also, fuck corporations. Fuck them, all right? Especially in this economy where unemployment's 3.8%. They fucked around and dicked around, plus baby boomers are leaving. There's not this, as Chad said, there isn't this uh, taint of uh, being a job hop, uh, hopper. Uh, that's how you get... Uh, raises frankly that's how you boost your salary nowadays is is by not being loyal by being a whore um if you know i wouldn't be interviewing all the time because that's going to take time effort and money but if you go and only interview for jobs it's like yeah i'd leave my current job if they gave me one you're not really going to be wasting their time uh and you're not going to be uh, dishonest but if all of a sudden you know you go for the interview and they give you a job offer like well make sure it was for a job that you're like yeah i'll, I'll jump ship for this so you're you're going to cut down on wasting people's time there. Recruiters are a little bit of a different route. I know Chad uh, uh, dismissed them, and largely I will dismiss them too, but I do know that these guys can be like, uh, they could be guys with a gun emplacement at a choke point. There were some recruiters here in the Twin Cities, and I hope they are dying horrible cancerous deaths without the aid of modern medicine, who had essentially a monopoly on all the, in my case, it was financial analyst jobs and banking jobs. Like there were only two people that held it in all the entire Twin Cities recruiting area. And if you pissed them off or you applied too many times, they wouldn't give you the time of day. Now, maybe that's become a little bit more democratized and, and their, uh, their monopolies have been broken. But what I would do with recruiters, go to a recruiter in your industry, make sure they're top notch, and say, here's the deal. Do not approach me unless the job is X amount of money or more. It's in this area of town. Da, 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 da. And you could get away with that today because unemployment is so low. They're switching from recruiters now to headhunters. Basically, if you want to find anybody uh, to work a gig, you got to basically uh, steal from some other employer. So that's how good the economy is. So you could kind of have these say, do not call me. Like, do not call me and say you got a job out in Northbrook, okay? But if you got this, you got this, you got this, I'm interested. I And then also be honest with the recruiter. I am always looking for a better deal. I know the only way you get ahead is by taking other jobs that pay more. If you got a job that pays more, let me know. But, you know, I don't want to waste your time. And then you'll have the recruiter on your side. And then would you be honest in interview saying you're not 100% set on leaving your current job, but would be interested in the right opportunity? Absolutely. And the reason why is why you tell women that you're dating multiple women. It's like, man, I got a pretty good deal with uh, Susie, the big breasted redhead. But what are you going to offer Tiffany, the slightly big breasted blonde? What do you do that Tiffany doesn't? 
Whereas if you're, if, if you don't have, you know, a, a girl or you don't have a portfolio or you don't have a current job, then they know you're desperate and they're just going to lowball your offers. But if you come in there like, yeah, I don't need to, I don't need this job. It's amazing how just like women, if you don't need them, then they want you even more. It's just weird. Like I remember one time I was cursing and swearing at a guy uh, who found my resume at a bank and he, he, I was drunk too. And I'm just like, oh, what, you you from another shitty pissant community bank that doesn't have its shit together? Let me guess. You got bailed out. Now you want me to come in and clean up your mistakes? He's like, well, how much do you want? <laughs> it's like $75 an hour. He says, how about $65? I'm like, sold. So uh, that, that a lot of dating game can be applied uh, to this job hunting and this job fishing. You know, watch uh, for a fistful of dollars where Clint Eastwood just plays the two uh, uh, bands, not bands, gangs against one another. He just goes for the higher pay and whoever pays him the most, that's where he goes. So that's why I say, um, how long would you stay on the job before hopping onto something else? If the pay is high enough, 30 seconds. Like if I had, if I accepted a job offer and then another job offer came in and was twice what they were paying me, I accept that job offer, make sure when I was starting, I called the other people say, yeah, yeah, terribly sorry. I, I got a way better job offer. Have no can we just assume this person's uh, smart enough to factor in things like commute and benefits and stuff like that? I'm, I'm going to assume most people have read the book Curse of the High IQ because my audience is is smarter than the average bear. Yes, I, I will assume that that he knows that. Okay. Um. How much time you got? Uh, I'm good till about five o'clock. Want to handle a, a deeper, more philosophical one? Let, let's do this. Anything in the super chats? Let's yeah, we just got another super chat. This is an interesting one. Um, right. He phrases it interesting, and he paid us. I think it's British pounds. Yeah, is that British pounds? Um, we got ask, ten. Ask. Hang on. Asks the guy who has a master's in finance and a CPA. Does it have the funny looking L with the line through it? It does. Oh, well, that would be a British pound. Yes. Well, for 10 British pounds. Oh, that's like $13. I was like, that's why we better get to this one. All right, all right. <laughs> but his first sentence is really funny. He goes, Aaron, a big shout out for all your great work. I'll be very sad at your grave. I mean, I'll, I'll be very sad at your grave too. But <laughs> I've, I've thought about it. My funeral is going to be huge. Because um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to tell any of my family. Because my family doesn't, they don't believe they know what I do, but they don't believe it. They haven't made the connection. Like, well, how does he live? You know, like, how does he make money on that? Well, I, I do make money on it, but it's going to be a shock to them when they think, well, he was such a dick and no one really liked him anyway. And then like a thousand people show up. It's going to be, that's going to be like my last joke I play when, you know, posthumously. So anyway, continue on. Okay. Well, he says, I always think of job career as something that defines me. How to develop a level of Zen to get over this attitude quick. And this is from Pani Perry. So um, any thoughts on how to not be defined by your job career? Well, for, for men, it's almost impossible. Um, I would say genetic, like quick. He can't do it <clears throat> quickly. Uh, because that's how we brought value to society is like, well, I was the, I was the best mammoth slayer. I was the best saber tooth tiger fighter. I was the best barbarian killer. I was the best farmer. 
So uh, for ever since men have existed, we've derived at least our societal and financial and economic value through our labor. And I would say over the eons that has been embedded in us genetically. So it's hardwired into your brain to at least derive a modicum of self-worth and agency through your career. So there's no quick fix to that. Uh, what I will say is, um, I don't know, after a while you realize a paycheck is a paycheck and no matter what, unless you're doing something that you actually hate to use this word that you have a passion for or an intellectual interest in, it really doesn't matter. Um, I mean, Chad, it, it, it's like you being a CPA. I mean, how, how passionate can you get about accounting? I mean, it's really just what you did to make ends meet, right? Yeah, I mean, you can get a little bit passionate when it comes to dealing with clients and some of the tax stuff you got to deal with. But ultimately, it's not something that I would consider myself like zippity doodah about every single day, you know? Yeah, you don't put on that green brim hat right off the bat and, oh, let's get to debits and credits. And well, you've seen my office. I'm passionate about my ability to hang around there and treat it like a 1940s film noir setup. Still want, still want to see the half-finished bottle of whiskey on the table. I think that'd be very good. Cigarettes on the side there. That'd be real nice. Uh, I would I would also say like a, a buddy of mine, she's a dentist, even though not male. It's still the same thing. Uh, she's like, yeah, you know, I, I don't like looking into people's stinky teeth rotting mouths all the time. You know, it's, it's a job. It's, it's what she, and she doesn't really necessarily derive value or agency from it. Uh, she derives money. And I don't know, after a while, like when you're all young and you got all the brainwashing and indoctrination, sure. I thought I was going to be a great economist and technically I am. I'm, I'm one of the world's best because I predicted so many sh uh, things, but after a while, society ain't going to reward you for it. And the only way you're going to make money by obeying and do exactly what you're told, you'll, you'll lose your appetite for deriving value from what you do very quickly. Um, so much to the point that, you know, people are like, what, what do I want to do? And I was like, dude, do whatever just pays. And then what you do at home and in your free time is what ultimately defines you. So in the past, yes, when, when it was vital to your own survival and your family's survival and the, and the village's survival that you slew the giraffe quicker than the other Bushmen did. Uh, yes, there there's, but now, Give it time. Go work for some baby boomer bosses if there are any left. They'll beat that right the fuck out of you. And they'll be like, fuck you, pay me. And then if you're lucky, you'll have something that you got a little bit of passion about. Like, yeah, it's great being an asshole consultant. I'm getting paid to do this shit. This is awesome. Um, <clears throat> or if you're in the military, like, yeah, there's camaraderie. Uh, you you got your buddies there. And and, and there's that uh, guy time. And, and that's it there. But after a while, you know what? You're driving a bus. Or whether you're cutting somebody's heart open, it's a freaking job. Take the money and go live life with that. And then, and then that philosophy will is the quickest way to uh, detach or decouple or delink you deriving value from your job. And then you'll view a job no matter what it is for what it is. And that is a way to make money. That's it. Yeah. Um, all righty. So I'm going to take just a one minute break, refill the old. Uh, mug here but then i'll be back and you said you had a deeper question right i did well you're gonna do that why don't everybody go take a bathroom break i'm gonna go gargle with um, some mouthwash because i'm losing my voice and then we'll we'll address the uh the deeper detailed one then
Golden Tiger, girl from Empanino goes walking. Every time she walks back to Golden. Oh. Let's go in the chat room and see what you guys got going on here. Why is nobody working? Are you guys all at work? Mr. Clary, Andre writes, out of curiosity, have you been diagnosed with any personality disorder? No, never went to a therapist. Went to a therapist when I was five one time. I'm sure today I would have every sort of autism and ADHD and manic and social anxiety and all that other shit. Uh, but I honestly don't believe in most of those. Um, yeah, they're not real, are they? I, I, I wonder. I mean, when you look at the psychology profession, you look who goes into it. It's it's basically weak-minded, lazy frauds, as far as I'm concerned. I, I really have a hard time. This doesn't mean I don't believe in things like schizophrenia or people that actually have a mental illness. Uh, <clears throat> but how much of it is some policy wonk who's got nothing else to do? Oh, we've discovered this new spectrum of this thing. Oh, my God. I mean, I, I'm kind of curious. What new psychological disorders are going to come up? down the road you know what's what's the next thing going to be it's just like how about you're all just a bunch of assholes and you're using mental disorders as an excuse which then puts us into the quandary of women who cry rape there are actual victims of rape i actually think there are victims of mental disorders who have mental illness but if everyone's going to fake it because they're bored in the suburbs and mommy and daddy didn't want to raise them right you know then, then i gotta i gotta say yeah about 90 percent of the cases are bullshit and only 10 percent of the cases are actually legit well, we got a quick super chat here uh, for $1.99, Fernando Covet. This is the guy who asked the question about the exemptions. <laughs> okay. He says he just did 60 push-ups, and that's pretty cool. And what I want to know is, did you do them all at once during one set? <laughs> did, he, did he do them like this? That's the hard one. You got to do yeah. it like this. Not, not, not like that. That's, that's or the Rocky. You know how he was doing him in Rocky, where he was like one hand behind his back. Oh and, yeah, like, you do that tripod. Back. Yeah, I could do a couple of those, but it's. I used to be in better shape when I was younger. So um, <clears throat> I'm gonna get. I'll be right back. Getting my hot water. Again? Well, I'm get. It was boiling, so I'm getting my hot water, and then we'll continue. I'm. I'm anxious to hear this uh, deep one you've got. It's sad because I know the answer, but it's. It's something I'm going to address later on in a written piece down the road. Uh, but this is a common refrain. I've, I've received this question in the past before uh, from other men. And um, it's happening enough now that I know that I got to write about it. Because if it's happening to five guys with very similar backgrounds, then it means it's happening to other people. And it's probably more prevalent. Uh, where the hell did the... There it is. The great thing about Chad's apartment is you could talk right now. It's not like he's in the other room. It only is one room, and he can hear. See? I don't have a studio. What are you talking about? <laughs> Why? Oh, yeah, you have your palatial one-bedroom there. That's. <laughs> hey, you've stayed at this one-bedroom. The exact same bedroom two, three years ago, yes. Exactly. There's a story behind that, but I won't get into it. <laughs> you gonna turn on your camera or what? 
Oh yeah, I was just. Uh, you look like a skinny Terminator there with your profile pic. I'll be back. What do you got tea wise? Uh, some peppermint tea always oh. is good for this shitty weather and depressing oh, no sun. I gotta get. I should have some tea too. When we gotta finish this up, hang on. You know what? Let me text the GF. Make sure she doesn't walk through a fucking door. That happened one time when I was recording. Uh, hey, just a random question. Do you, you still, ask. Uh, Clary? Do you still correspond with Terrence Pop at all, or? That- uh, well, I never really did much corresponding, but yeah, we we occasionally. Uh, Hey, what's up? I mean, I run ads on on his show quite regularly. That reminds me, dang it. I gotta write that down. I gotta contact Blake. Just a shout out to Terrence Pop. If any of you guys are looking to advertise, go to Yeah, Terrence he's Pop. he's great. He is. Blake gets Blake is his like assistant uh production guy. And Blake, um he's a pro. He's a pro. Um I cannot r- recommend advertising on Terrence Pop's channel. And Sandman, while we're at it, shoot up uh, Sandman, contact him. Uh, They're demonetizing a lot of that stuff, I hear. Oh, yeah, all the MGTOWs. I'm going to tell her to come through the back door. Give me a second. I'm sorry. This is This is what happens when things go too long. Give me a second. Yeah, no problem. So with Aaron gone, what do you guys, I will look at, no need for super chats, just real quick. Any questions you guys have? I'll answer them really fast. Only while he's gone. When he gets back, I won't answer them. I don't see anything. Oh, he's back. Too late. All right, let's get this going here. 148 viewers. Everybody like the video and subscribe to the channel. I'm not too far away from 50,000 subscribers. Oh, people are asking how I met you and how long I've known you. Um, Are you a client at one time or maybe you just read a book? Well, what it was is I started ad. I liked your videos. This is before I went into business on my own. And it was your videos that helped me decide to do it. This is like five years ago. And then I decided to... uh, I decided to actually advertise, this is in early 2014, on your blog. Mm-hmm. And I got a bunch of clients for it. And so then I met you shortly after that. Right. Where we proceeded yeah. to get hammered. And then the next day, we nursed our hungover wounds at, uh, at the breakfast shop. Well, what can we say what bar we went to getting hammered? or um, I don't even remember. Is it the Uptowner or something like that? Well, we, we actually we started out going to the Green Mill. And right. then we went over to Uptown Lounge. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then so. proceeded. And then you had Rumplemints, right? I think you had Yeah, because you were drinking it. And you should never do that after a bunch of beer. Never drink Rumplemints after oh. drinking all that beer. beer. I can't believe neither of this puked, at least consciously. Uh, I don't know. I, uh, dude, I was a pro by that time. I was a little hungover the next day. But, yeah, I, I, uh, I rarely puke. <clears throat> My goal is to never puke again, never have a hangover ever again. And what I think was hilarious, you even did, as, as sick as you were, you even did a couple of asshole consulting videos like that day, that morning. <laughs> See, that's what, I, wasn't, I wasn't that hungover. I mean, that was like at the peak of my drinking. I think you probably met me at the peak of my game where I could drink copious amounts of booze and be relatively functional the next day. I mean, I was slow. It hurt. 
But I mean, and a lot of times, I mean, God almighty asshole consulting, it's, it's great, but it's a taskmaster. I mean, you gotta, you gotta stay on it. Half the reason I'm doing this right now is to save time. Cause I got another five, six consultations I got to do. So hopefully tomorrow me and John can bang that out. So, um, so wait, wait, just, yeah. are you doing a, are you doing a older brother podcast or is it just going to be training? It's going to be, no, it's going to be an older brother podcast tomorrow. It'll be on the older brother channel, but it'll be asshole consulting. It's going to be starring John and just be, John, right? Just John. No, I'm not doing two, three, four people ever again. The only time I'm going to do that is when I have other people on that, uh, are from a profession or like a group. Like I'm going to have Rich Cooper, Terrence Pop, Glendon Cameron, somebody else oh adam piggott because i want to do divorce man's group and learn from them yeah and but those those gentlemen are usually a little bit more reserved and not trying to constantly fight for the limelight uh i think they're plus they're old (laughs) i think i think they're all older than me (laughs) i may check it out if it's just going to be john and not a hodgepodge of people dying to talk and what time is that one going to be on whenever i feel like it all right. Yeah. I will mark that in my calendar. Don't do not do my mom. Don't be my right. mom. Okay. For God's sake. I, and I know it's, it has nothing to do with women or mothers. It has to do from the old generation. And even this generation, like on October 16th, 2027, what are you doing at 3 p.m.? Like the fuck if I know. If it's that one, I have to see a, cl- a client. That's why. But yeah, it, it pisses me off. Like I got two interviews I got to do this week. And it's like, shit, now I have to worry about something. One of the great things about being self-employed is there is no schedule. So like you have this ultimate freedom. They'd be like, Hey, you feel like doing this? Yeah. They're like, well, when and what time? I'm like, don't bother me with that. Don't, don't burden my brain where I have to now have it scratching in the back of my mind. Like something's coming up. Like I had, I had daily planners. Remember daily planners? You'd write shit down physically. Those are all gone. I was like, oh, whatever. Ah oh, shit! Now I got I got an interview. I'm going to be on Carrie Lutz's show. Damn it! You know what? Oh crap! Then my mom, you know, like she's coming to town one of these days because I'm sober cabbing uh, for her and a bunch of her friends and my aunt. And I don't know what time it is. And my mom's like, "Well, you know what? About this time, I'm like mom, text me or call me the day before. Just remind me, and I'll I'll be there." And so um, what I really got to do is make sure like I don't. I'm not in a plane flying somewhere when I had a previously scheduled appointment. Uh, but anyway, all right, well, let's knock, let's knock this out. <clears throat> uh, very, very quick super yes. chat. Okay. Um, one I really like because I was just thinking about the same thing. Is it a hot chick that sends some nudies or what? It, man, it's like you read this kid's mind. He goes, huh. Starscream1540 said, question about consulting menu. How much is a Mary Joe in a silver dollar bikini response cost? I uh, would pay for that. Well, here's well, one, we'd have to get Mary Joe to be willing to to do that. Two, I'd have to make one. <clears throat> uh three, we couldn't put it on YouTube because I would lose the channel immediately. Like they are they are the FCC is like super lax pot smoking hippie dude compared to Google. Like you cannot have any porn whatsoever. What if she's just in a regular bikini though? I see these girls doing that. Uh, you, we could, we could do that. We could do that. But with Mary Jo, um, I mean, I, I throw in another 25 bucks and it depends on the length of the thing. Um, because she's got to get paid for her time too. It's not like she's, of course. Yeah. Um, but I mean, if I don't know, I mean, I, I, if if you start throwing in the other variable now of, Oh, she's got to put on a risque outfit. Well, she obviously is going to want to be compensated for that. She may not even want to do it. I mean, it depends on the outfit. 
That's uh, true. She might not want to do that. I was just right. basing it off her last video. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got I, I got some videos I'd like to have her do as well. Uh, but yeah, basically, if you want Mary Jo to do the video with, you know, just a cute attire, not an outfit, but just, you know, like she's got her cleavage or whatever. Um, and it's her and it's her bubbly, innocent self. Yeah, it's an extra 25 bucks because we got to record. I got to write. It's not just me charging for tits and ass. It's there's other work involved. Uh, but if it's something, you know, I, I don't know, I'll ask her and I'll take a cut. So, I mean, that, uh, God, we'd have to set up a, I'd have to put that on daily motion. Um, I'd have to charge at least for a silver dollar bikini. I have to put the damn thing together. You're looking at 500 for my time. That's where all of it would be going for me <laughs> to sit there and solder and put this damn thing together. Maybe a bikini. Maybe we could, we'll see what it costs her to do something in a bikini. Um, no, it's that what was, he was asking. It's why he wanted to know. You never know till you ask. So never know. Hey, hey, experimentation is the way to financial success. So I will run it past her. We'll see. Uh, we do that. All right. Anything else in the super chats? Uh, that's all for now. All right. Here, let's all get sad and depressed and and stir stirring sticks in our drinks, wondering where point and purpose in life is. Hi, Aaron. Would like to hear your opinion on my situation. I'm 35. Oh, time mark. What's the timestamp? Sorry. <laughs> Uh, we're right at uh, an hour 20, right there. So it's good, good break for this. Right, good. Hour 20. Hi, Aaron. I would like to hear your opinion on my situation. I'm 35, single, never married, no kids. I'm a medical doctor, make about 250 an hour. Okay, remember, where have all the good men gone? I want, I want that theme <clears throat> to be repeated in every girl's mind who's listening right now. And for the last five years, I've been traveling around the country and working temporary contract jobs at hospitals. I'm in a field that allows me to do this pretty easily due to massive shortages in more rural areas in the United States. Benefits for me include making my own schedule, more or less. Uh, 1.5 oh, 1. 1. to 2 times the hourly pay of a full-time job somewhere in my home city. He won't mention where. This gives me about three to four months off per year to just travel or bum around. As my savings go up every year, I'm actually in a position to literally work four to six months a year over the next several years. If I could work more if I wanted to, but other than the high price of living in the town I normally live in, I'm pretty minimalistic, so I don't really buy anything that would require me to work any more than that. I would say maybe think about moving to a no-income tax state and getting out of that shithole that you're in. I'd, that'd be about the only thing. Because if you're already Will you? Being, huh? Oh, will you tell me where he is in the group in the chat? No, not on live. Would you just tell uh, me? It, it's irrelevant. It's um, it's a large, probably very liberal city. Um, I I just it's it's more the state that he's in where I'm like, why pay? Why? And the fact that he's traveling already, it's like, dude, I'd HQ in Florida or South Dakota or Tennessee or why? It doesn't it almost doesn't matter if you're traveling that much where you're a resident of. I just okay. see no reason to be in this state. Or this city. All right. He's at. Okay. However, I feel like I'm too young to just semi-retire. How old is he? 35. So 35. Yeah. Uh, I've tried numerous hobbies to fill my time, half-acidly trying to learn language, lots of gym time to lift weights, traveling about 30 countries so far, including living in one for six months for work. But it all feels like it's getting old after a while and a little boring. Of course, there are many things I haven't tried and probably limitless adventure I can go on, but it kind of feels like I'm just going in circles. Uh, also, with many of my friends either getting married with families or involved in a nine-to-five grind, it is becoming harder to find people on the same wavelength with 
and forge new close relationships. I'm going to pull this book out again because it seems to be becoming very relevant. <clears throat> if if you're a doctor and you have already taken this very unique path in life, you're going to have to realize regardless of sociological trends and politics and women and not having children and you're, you're a statistical freak. Okay. You would have been a hundred years ago. You would have been 200 years ago. You are today. So that's, that's a significant part of why you're feeling bored and running around. You can't find it, but it, it's because you're guarantee you you're, you're off the charts in terms of IQ. Well, I'd say just based on his job alone, he's that says enough about his IQ. <laughs> Right, right, and and there is that, but then I think there's also a um, there's a personality strain he has of being adventuresome and experimental and checking things out. He's curious. He wants to go out and and live life, and that makes him even rarer. Uh, yeah, because you can have high IQs but also be conformist, uh, being perfectly happy just sitting there. It's not. He's got this wanderlust. He has adventure. He's got energy. He's got spirit. He right. he'd be great at a at a Clary party. He'd have a good old time. He should just go mountain climbing with you. But anyway, you were saying about well, I'll I'll answer the question. He could go mountain climbing with me, but after the seventh or eighth mountain, you get bored of it because it's like, hey, guess what's on the top of that mountain? Chad, you know what's on the top of the next mountain I'm going to climb? Oh, the top of it. The top of it. Do you know what's at the top of every mountain I climb? Probably the the top, but. I've only climbed a few mountains. They're really tall mountains, though. Mm-hmm. Well, we're at the top of those mountains. A lot of snow, actually. Snow? But... <laughs> Sometimes mixed in with the snow is? Uh, mixed in would be the top and yeah. wind and... Uh, rocks. Sometimes rocks. there's some rocks up there. Uh, and then usually you're above the tree line so there's no trees it's basically rocks and snow if you're really lucky there's a person up there but that's only happened twice in all the where i've tied it where there's other people up there um in other words he's saying he's it's, he's running around in a circle he's did, done 30 countries i'm sure the first two or three countries were great and then like everything like everything you it, it loses novelty you know, uh, your first mound that you climb is going to be the most memorable one. <clears throat> the, the, the 17th one you climb is, uh, the first girl you sleep with, you'll always remember her the 17th or 20th. I don't even know her name. It's, you know, that's it. So what he's running into is monotony. He's, he has so much energy. He's explored so many things. Thankfully, with his budget, he can go and explore other things and pick up new hobbies. I'd recommend motorcycling. That'll take at least five years uh, to get your fill. Um, but he's he's running into a problem that I see a lot of a lot of clients running into. But we'll continue on uh, with that. It's becoming harder to find people I'm on the same same wavelength with and forge new close friendships. I feel that to an extent I have made it in terms of lifestyle for a single male in my mid thirties. And it took me a long time. I do appreciate it. However, now that I am just starting to enjoy this, there's a nagging feeling of now what do I just keep going down this, this path and keep trying to find interesting things and interesting people and relationships to keep myself occupied and entertained until I die in about 35 years, low doses of hedonism. Is this a problem? No, I'm sorry. Did, Did he say he's single, right? He's not. He's single. Yep. Okay. 
Is this a problem that is only solved by marriage and starting a family? I don't want to unless I meet a really good girl and the situation was near perfect or when I become older. I'm really interested in hearing your thoughts and opinion on this. Also wondering if you ever went through something similar in your 30s as you seem to live pretty free, a pretty free life with many hobbies. Thanks for your input. I won't mention his name. Yeah, uh, not only in my 30s, but my 40s. This is the biggest problem I face in my life right now is because of my minimalism and saving money and being frugal. I'm set. I mean, I don't want for anything. Okay, I could have an F-16 fighter plane or an aircraft carrier battle group, but uh, in the grand scheme of things, no, this is as good as you get. You you have won. Uh, I asked him, though, uh, do you want to have a family? Was that ever on your to-do list in life? Or are you kind of meh about it, or have you never thought about it? Also, do you have any nieces or nephews? And then he answers, uh, thanks for the quick response. I am pretty mad about the family thing right now. I haven't met anyone who I want to marry or vice versa. And it seems every year I meet more unmarried older guys in their 40s and 60s who seem happier than married men. It is certainly losing its appeal as time goes on, but that could change. No nieces or nephews, single child. I have several cousins, blah, blah, blah. All right. <clears throat> Here's the... Let me lay out what's happening in reality so you, you can assess reality and know what it is and where you stand and where you're anchored. Your entire genetic programming, for the most part, is designed for you to breed and have kids and have a family. What's interesting is when I asked, okay, do you want to have a family? Has that been a life goal of yours? You're kind of meh about it. And if you take that away, then yes, your entire life existence is going to be one of enjoying experiences, trying to form other friendships, uh, loving relationships. I don't mean that I'm romantic love, but you can have brotherly love, familial love, you know, kid sister love, that kind of thing. But I always say humans are the most important thing in life. And if you're not going to get married to the most important person in your life, which would be a woman and have the most important people in your life, which would be your children, that still does not negate that you have to go and find having kids. The paradox of the problem that you face is twofold. One, you're a statistical freak. You are not going to find the vast majority of people intellectually stimulating or engaging. Right? This is why I binge on about six hours of podcasts every day because you got the world's intelligence and the history and, and thought uh, conveniently on your little uh, <clears throat> phone. The other paradox you're going to face is that as a group of people most of your cohorts and peer groups, the people that you are going to get along with generationally are moving on off to the suburbs to be sheep and conformists. It is even debatable whether you would have had friendships with these people because we've all had friendships that were great and strong back in college, and then they all went away. Why? Because your buddy, Bob, which isn't his name, but I am talking about one guy in particular, Wanda, you great friends, and all of a sudden you found a set of tits and ass, and you never heard from Bob again, until that tits and ass dumped his ass, like, hey, what's going on, guys? Like, get the fuck out of here, Bob, you traitor. All right. Uh, for the most part, though, most people are going on and having kids and raising families. Uh, and it's it's a ghost. It's a ghost town. So if if you were normal, and here's here's the drawbacks of, you know, you have a very enviable position in one regard. You make a lot of money. You're free. You're enjoying life. But there's a cost and a consequence to having this intelligence and this uh, truly unique uh, passion and individual spirit. There's not that many peers, colleagues, or cohorts. <clears throat> and shit, good luck finding a girl that's going to be entertaining and keep up with you. Uh, but then ultimately answering, you're kind of mad about marriage. So, all right, if you're not going to get married, you're not going to have kids. 
which is what a significant percentage of your brain mass has been wired to have. Uh, on the frontal cortex side, you're not really that excited about it. So there's no reason for you to commit to it until something compelling comes along. So yes, your life is basically staving off boredom. That's what it is. So you can do that in any way possible. You can go out and take activities and hiking and biking and motorcycle riding and sports. Uh, you guys all know I like the motorcycle riding, hiking and golf and stuff like that. <clears throat> you can... Uh, you could sublimate in other ways. Uh, you're working out yourself. You're trying to learn languages. You're traveling, but I'm going to warn you now. Everything has a life, a shelf life. Everything has a shelf life of interest. You will lose interest in it. The thankful thing is that you have a budget by which you can try other stuff. Um, like golfing requires a little bit of a budget. You know, I've actually had to cut other things out. Uh, so I could afford golf. Uh, travel requires a certain amount of a budget. Um, some things don't. A gym isn't there. You can always go run outside and do some hiking. But that is what you're going to have. Now, also try to keep finding friends, but also painting a bad picture for you is that how many how many minds are going to engage you? How many minds are going to like stimulate you where you're like, wow, I really enjoy hanging out with this person. You could try meetup groups. Maybe you have better luck with it than I do in your particular town. Uh, but you're going to run into a lot of normies, conformies, and inferiors. Um, you could find people online that are intellectually interesting. That's what I do. And then with your budget, you could fly out and visit and hang out with these people. That I found ter uh, terribly rewarding. Um, but that's that's the battleground. That's where you are faced with right now. Very few people have your budget. Well, it's the triple threat. It's it's the, and I said this is what I face. There are only uh, there are only there's not any. <laughs> it's name me three people. Or, I'm sorry, name me a person that has the budget, has the freedom, and has the stamina, the physical ability to do that. Nobody. Very few. I got a, my buddy. Uh, I won't mention his last name. Mr. M, let's just call him. He's retired. He has the money. Uh, he's raising his son's bastard child, so he doesn't have the time. Uh, there's another old man. He has the time. He has the money. He does not have the stamina. I got another buddy who could kick my ass hiking any day, easily has the stamina, easily has the money. He doesn't have the time. He has himself a kid. Somebody is missing one of those three things, and it's a very rare and small percentage of the population that has what you have. So you got to go out and seek those people, <clears throat> keep your brain stimulated. And what I would say in the meantime is keep your eyes open. You know, don't dismiss a gal because if a gal comes in who's really great and wonderful, uh, that will solve a lot of this problems. I know the MGTOWs are, are throwing up right now. And oh, I get it. But, you know, don't don't deny your genetic coding. If there's a great gal that comes along, cool. But given the state you live in and the town you're in and today's sociological, political, blah, blah, blah. And then you throw in your statistical freakishness. Don't, don't have hope. Don't have hope. No hope whatsoever. Do not have hope. It's like a gift. <laughs> I would say if you find a girl that's a quality and da, 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 I would almost take that as a sign that there is a God and he's not a dick for a change. I would almost go to church then if you're not already. But sadly, that is, that is your situation. And that is the solution is do not have any hope or expectations of finding a quality woman, especially in today's world. And do not expect to have any friends that are going to be able to keep up with you. Uh, for the So you are, your mission is to 
you're going to you're going to be like a shark. You're going to have to constantly swim and be on the move. Otherwise, you'll die. I think they suffocate if they don't swim. So that's that's kind of the world you're in. I wish I wish there was a simpler solution. Like, oh yeah, go overseas, find yourself an Asian wife. That uh, you can, you could try it. Uh, but unfortunately, I, I, I don't think that uh, that's good. There's no guarantee that any of this is going to work. It's just staving off shit and trying to find friendships uh, as best as you can, realizing you're handicapped at the same time, too. Would you just in our private chat, because we were talking about it so much earlier, just tell me where he is. Like curiosity's gotten to. All right. All right. All right. Hang on. Where's the private chat? Can I text it to you? Let me do that. Or just easy. text it to me. Yeah, because I mean, I, I already have a, a place I think he lives in in mind, and I bet you it's in the exact place. Okay, hang on, hang on. Let me get you. Here you are. Uh Oh, <clears throat> all right. I'm sending it now. I just got it. Yeah, that's, dude, that's what I was thinking. Okay. When you said how much money he made, I'm like, I'll bet she lives there. It, it's, mm-hmm. it, it's ultimately moot where he lives. Um, he's not going to find a girl in that town. I mean, it's almost like L.A. when we're talking to the other guy. Um, <clears throat> it, it's just, I, 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 I hate to say it. It's just that bad. I mean, these guys are going to have to accept the fact that you. a lot of guys are going to have to accept the fact that if they insist, on having a quality woman uh, and raising a good nuclear family, I would almost say 70% of the men are just going to have to accept that they're not going to get that lucky. It's going to be a 30% lottery. For all the men, you think the 100% of men that want a traditional nuclear family, stable and successful, only 30% of you are going to get it because there's just not that many women that are in. And then this guy, he's only he's still mad about, about even getting married and having kids. So it's like, okay, you take family out. What do you got? Well, okay. The, le- the world is your playground, but it gets tiring really quick. Um, well, if we're done, I got a couple of things. Um, are we done? Yeah, we're done. More super chats or what? Yeah, well, first thing, um, I Forney was in the chat. I actually told him about this, so I just wanted to say hey to him real fast. He's probably not even here anymore. Mm. Um, and then we got another super chat. Uh from Julian Reyes for five Canadian dollars. Oh, that's like $3. <laughs> um, man, this is going to be a tough one to answer. It's like, it's like asking, how do you play golf? Well, the, the questions have been so easy and, and cheap and shallow. We, we might, well, might want to have a deep philosophical challenging one this time. So yeah, what, what has he got? What do we got? What is your savings advice for when we get older? Don't wait till you're older. Save now. What? <laughs> let's let's presume that somebody is a little bit older and they're looking to save a little bit. Uh, is he older? No, I mean, I, I they didn't say. Like, uh, is the question like, I am old now. What should I do to save? It's just, it's literally asking like, what's your savings advice for when we get older? I think he means, he's probably young and I think he means, to prepare for when we're older, what's your savings advice? I would guess that's what Yeah, I mean, well, save. I mean, you know, uh, I would take on no debts. I mean, okay, the, the number one thing you want to save, you want financial success in every regard, spend less than you make, period. Period. Don't go into debt, period. Maybe get a mortgage, maybe borrow a little bit for a STEM degree or something like that. But otherwise, <clears throat> the biggest mistake I see men making is they get car loans. Cause you're stupid 
and you think that chick's going to dig you because you got a brand new Buick Saber. Because some you went you went to a car dealership and you bought a car. Like you don't go to car dealerships. You go to Craigslist or Car Soup and you get a piece of shit car with low miles and you pay cash for it. All right, so that's one huge thing you can do. Um, paying off your debts as quickly as possible. That's another huge thing you can do. Not buying more house than you need. You know, I have rental property. That's, I mean, I didn't, I barely paid anything for, for lodging these past 20 years. That's another thing you can do. And then not buying expensive, stupid shit you don't need. I mean, it really, you know, have, have drink at home, uh, eat at home. Um, it's it's not that hard. And then and then invest the money. You know, some people say you know you can do an IRA, four hundred one k, well diversified portfolio, pay off your debts, pay them off early. You 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 follow that instruction early on in life. Time will do the rest for you. I cannot emphasize that or not. The power of compounding. Either your investment is growing or you make early payment, extra principal payments early on in the mortgage, it really accelerates the amortization of that mortgage. So by the time you're 65, the issue isn't how much do I save, it's how much do I spend because you have enough, uh, which is the opposite of what baby boomers do because, oh, the book hasn't come in yet. Poor Richard's retirement. I should have gotten that in the mail yet. Uh, you don't want to be like the baby boomer generation where 70% of them don't have enough money saved up for retirement. And they're still like, I need to shave more money. Oh, ho, ho. I didn't know that I'd be retired. There's age discrimination. They won't hire old people like, oh, fuck you, grandma. You know, like, you don't want to be in that position. But if you're in that position, like, I, I, I had a video called Sometimes You Just Plain Fucked. And it wasn't an old baby boomer that didn't save up enough for money. I think it was someone that had two kids out of wedlock and a worthless degree. I'm like, what do you want me to do about it? You're fucked. You are fucked. So, I mean, it's, it's academic. You, you know, the, if, if you want to appropriately and adequately save for when you're old, start when you're young. Don't get old and not have savings because this, this is not the movies where, oh, and then magically X happens and everybody's happy and they got bailed out by a billionaire. No. No, it doesn't happen. There are going to be a lot of old baby boomers who are going to work till they're dead at jobs they hate and probably will die with debts. Probably will die with private debts. Miserable. Miserable. I, I just have a few micro related items that helped me. Like, you know, I'm an accountant, so obviously I track all this stuff. But eat out far less than you're eating out um, when it comes to to that sort of thing like you save so much money just preparing meals at home obviously do it when you're with friends but if it's after work and you're lazy try not to do that and um kind of the same with booze like i know some people that's where their main socialization comes from is just going to a bar after work every night and some of my clients do that and i'm like dude you got to find a way not to do this so much yeah, also thirty dollars later it's like hey that that's a day thirty dollars a day more more, yeah. Really? More. Well, I guess Down if you're here, in Chicago. Really add up. Um, so that's just a couple of small things. You know, I, I I have to counsel, even though I'm not really supposed to do this. That's more for financial planners and advisors. I have to try to counsel people on how to be able to live their lives a little bit more responsibly. And those are the I mean, two. You, you see, the thing is, I won't give financial advice on what to invest in, but I'll give financial advice all day long to say, pay off your debts, spend less than you make. 
because there's no way I'm going to get in trouble for that because it's true. If you file for bankruptcy, well, then you weren't following my advice of spending less than you make and paying off your debts. It's not, and don't major in stupid shit. Well, I get the questions like, which stock should I invest in? This one or that one? Yeah, go fuck yourself. I don't know. Let me know when you find out. I'll, I'll find out. You know. Well, it's a lot thinking? of those hidden things that sneak up on you. Like maybe don't go to Starbucks every single morning. You know, you can make coffee at home. Yeah, I, I just my my biggest one is don't buy cars you can't afford. Because if 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 you, do, you know pay cash for your cars, if you do that, then it doesn't matter if you get yourself a three dollar espresso at Starbucks every day because it's it's moot because it's not just the forty grand principal payment; it's all the interest on top of it you got to pay. All of a sudden, you're spending sixty grand on a car that lasts you maybe three to four years. And, and you know, by that time, I, oh, did you save money by not getting for going for two for ones instead of paying full price? Well, that's kind of moot and academic. What about yeah, never the- buying a new car, like a brand new car? Is that no? Oh God, no! You never no no. That's the dumbest shit I've I, I can't think. I don't. That's almost as dumb as probably even dumber than majoring in a worthless degree. Because I, what are you paying for? A car is transportation. What what the fuck are you doing paying brand new top dollar for a car let dipshits in the suburbs they have small penises and they got to compensate to the neighbors by look at my fucking new car i got my wife an suv let them pay the extra 20 grand for their for their small penis subsidy let them do that all right chad you've seen my car don't tell anyone how fancy was the car that you and me and the gf bummed around in I mean, well, I was I was in awe just because I don't get into a lot of cars here in the city. Oh, um, that's right. Yeah. It's not something that you would find at even a CarMax, I don't think. <laughs> well, thanks. Thank you very much. And then when I came and visited you, what did I drive? I just remember the really cool license plate, which I won't say what it, what it said. but um, No, in the remember? truck. The first time I came out. Remember I was on my truck? Oh, the first time. The very first yeah. time. Yeah, you had a really cool uh, truck. Yeah. Ancient yeah. as hell. It's uh, 15 years old now. It's, uh, wow. it's an, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, I think I paid $4,600 for it four or five years ago. That's a good truck. It is a good truck. It's hauled a lot of wood. It's a really good truck. And I, and I have enough faith in it that it'll make it to Vegas and back again. So I'll be driving that out to Vegas one more time. <clears throat> I may leave it there. So I have a vehicle that I can drive around in, but we'll see. Um, all right. Any other super chat money? We got two more. Um, let's, let's do that. We'll call it an evening. And, and unless you guys really wanted super chats, you know, throw the money in there. Otherwise tomorrow me and John Steele will be on. So this one is a very, uh, warm one. This is a uplifting one. Noah Acosta says, Cappy, thanks for giving me motivation to lose 57 pounds. Holy shit. From uh, two, 240 to 183. At six foot one, and I'm 21. I'm now working on the six pack and benching my own weight. Damn! Oh, good, have, huh? uh, 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 email me a before and after pic. That'd be really awesome. That'd be cool to hear. Yeah, Noah, if you're still here, yeah, that'd be cool. You know what's funny? Uh, you know how like teachers and social workers and guidance counselors want to change lives. Yeah, yeah. You know what's funny is is we actually do that here, and they don't. And we actually we actually change lives here. See, but they don't. They went to school to change lives, and they don't change lives. They change them for the worse, but we actually change them for the better. I didn't have to go to school for that. It's amazing what the truth will do. Exactly. 
All right. What's the other super chat? Christopher Morales for four ninety nine. Oh, good old Chris. Okay, I hope the divorce or post divorce is going well. Well, all he has to say is early Merry Christmas, Cappy. Thanks. What? How much money? How much? How many shekels did I get? Four dollars and ninety nine cents. We're we're close to a hundred again today. This is a man could live off of this. Yeah, I could. I could. I could afford two tacos at Taco Bell then today. Uh, Hmm. What was I going to say? Why? Why is it four ninety nine? Why did? Why don't people do five hundred one? Or why is it? Why does everyone go to ninety nine? Is there a reason for that? I think super chat sometimes does that automatically. Like when I've sent trolling ones to your older brother podcast, it's like automatically bumped me down one cent. It's really weird. What the hell are they doing that for? I don't know. It's weird. Doesn't matter. All right. Well, listen, Chad. Thank you very much. Do you think you have it figured out now on how to be an asshole consultant? Do you, do you think you have it figured out? I do. A lot of it's just uh, figuring out what the hell to say, even if it makes no sense. Like the very first one we did. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, well, I think I got it. Sometimes there are no answers. You know. Sometimes you got to say, "Yeah, uh, you're never getting married, and life sucks, and then you'll die. So have as much fun as you can, and then you got to you got to be happy with that answer." Um, tell people where they could find you and then promote your uh, show that you co-host with me. Um, very quickly, Krillin876 for $2. Just ask. <laughs> trying to get in under the wire. Well, what's really funny is you were just ranting about this a second ago. <laughs> you go, he goes, when is the live show scheduled? I don't know. I don't it's know. whenever he feels like whenever it. I feel like it. Yeah. Um, if, if I know I got to contact John. See if he's around, see what time works for him. I think he works a real job because um, he's not able to do anything until 4 p.m. Oh, wait, I got to figure out what time. Maybe it won't be tomorrow. I got a sober cab tomorrow. Damn it. I got to drive a dr- bunch of old drunk broads around. Um, Maybe it'll be later on in the evening. Let me contact. I'll, I'll try. If, if I know when I'm going to do it, I'll I'll post it on the Twitters and the Insta. You know what? If people subscribe to the channel, you might get a notification. You know, I'm just saying, just saying if you want to subscribe, boost me above 50,000. That'd be all right. Um, I'll, I'll try and give you guys as much of a heads up, but don't worry. I mean, it's always, I mean, it's going to be up there. It's recorded. I'll make an MP3 out of it. So you guys can find it, listen to it retroactively. All right. And then Brendan Lucero for $5. They're going to keep us here forever, Chad. They're going to keep <laughs> us here. Well, hey, you, it's like if you want to, um, he asks, is doing ride sharing worth it financially if you can work on your vehicle and get parts at cost? I don't know. <clears throat> it depends on, uh, it depends. Wait, ride sharing like he commutes with people or is he like talking about doing Uber and Lyft? I think he's talking about doing Uber or Lyft, but I'm not sure. I know only like a third of people lose money on driving Uber and Lyft. I heard that because very few told- of my, you know what, dude, very few of my clients make a ton of money doing that. And mm-hmm. a lot of them lose money and they give it up after a year because they just, it's a lot of stress too. Mm-hmm. Um, what I would do is get the right kind of vehicle. Every, every, the two times I've taken an Uber, I'm looking at the vehicles. I'm like, damn, this is a nice vehicle. You are not making money. I mean, you're just not like, you know, my car would be a perfect car for Ubering. Correct, Chad? Like the small little dinky one that I have. Yeah, that, that would be good. Right. So, I mean, if you do it right, you could get your repairs. And I, the big thing is what did you pay for the car? That's the main thing. Um, 
And then it also depends on the, the town you're in because rates vary and it depends on what time. I know a guy who's very successful doing Uber, makes about 35000 a year. Uh, wow. He wakes up at 2 a.m. and he goes to the airport because no one else wants to. You know? um, also, just a very quick tax thing. Um, you only get to write off the amount of mileage you're actually using at Ubering. So, you know, if you Uber 5,000 miles, but you actually drove 20,000 the whole year, only 25% of everything you bought, theoretically, is supposed to be deductible. Right. So, you know... Um, Rita Bratford for $2. Oh, the mother of the older brother podcast. Hi, mom. She gave us $2 and said, hi guys. Hope all is well. Thank you. That's so sweet. Yeah. See, she gives, she gives us little spending money, Chad. We get our allowance and we can go buy candy at the gas station down the street. I'm down. I could use some Reese's pieces, um, <laughs> as economic invincibility <laughs> calls them. Reese's pieces. Uh, yeah. It's, so, uh, it's like. Mano Poase. That's uh that's what it Reese's speaks. Oh, dude, you're never gonna get out of here because now we got another five dollar super oh, chat from God's sake, oh. guys. I gotta take a shit. I mean, we're coming back. I mean, it, unless they're like they gotta be answered today. I mean, we're not gonna go in. All right, what do we got? I like having me. No, <laughs> yeah. Well, this one this one says, uh, hi Aaron. How are you in favor of capitalism and minimalism at the same time? Well, because it, it lessens the amount of time you have to you have to spend working. And yeah, you make a lot of money, but you don't spend a lot of money. So yeah, let me let me. This seems this is a recurring um, question. People, it's not that they're accusing me of hypocrisy. I think they just want me to to square the round hole or whatever. Uh, let me tell you about my 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 uh, buddy. Uh, he is paid about three hundred fifty dollars an hour. He is a very high level. Uh, he got into computer networking and computers way before. Um, the internet started like we're talking DARPA. I mean, he's old, older. And this guy commands an egregious wage, not salary, but a wage, $350 an hour. Now he's also a minimalist. He too drives a Kia. Um, or I used to drive a Kia. He drives a one now. Uh, he has just a humble house. He does. He goes to Goodwill to buy his clothes. And you know what he does with his life? What's that? Whatever the fuck he wants. Because all he has to do, his house is paid off long ago. He's got a bunch of other properties paid off. He generates rental income. Uh, I think he's sitting on like a, a $2 million <clears throat> stock portfolio. Lord knows what the, the dividend payments, uh, the recurring income on that is. Uh, he he works like an hour or two a week and then he's done. And then he goes and he has coffee or he'll fly to Vietnam. He'll fly to Paris. He'll drive around. He He has total freedom. And that's why I try to I convey to people is it's like, look, you could be a minimalist and you can make $12 an hour, but then you got to work 40 hours a week to get that money. Or you could be a minimalist and you can work an hour per week uh, for one week or for one hour per week. And then you could do whatever the hell you want. You don't have to go to work no more. Uh, so that's that's it's it's really freedom. It's time. You know, I'm, I'm totally for capitalism uh, in terms of making as much money per hour of your time as possible. Yeah, uh, and that's and, what I do. If yeah. it's not busy season, and I know Aaron's going to joke, I have like five of them, but if it's not a busy time of the year, I'm not going to work 40 hours a week. There's no point. Yeah. I mean, and Chad's busy season only, and I'm joking, Chad. I know your busy season only lasts from January to December. Uh, but you, you know, he has, he has, he has like a week off there somewhere that he can actually go and have a, but yeah, that's, that's the whole point is, you, you know, 
if you're going to go to college, make it so you make $100 an hour inevitably in the course of your life. So you only have to work two or three hours and you're free. You're freaking free. The answer to no one. It's brilliant. Is that all? Are we free to go now? I, feel like I we're believe like... that's it. There's no more under the wire super chats. So <laughs> I um, think we're free. Good. All right. Well, thank you, Chad, for answering all the questions. Um, if this advertising does go through, you now know how to answer uh, asshole consulting questions. And then I will let everybody know about tomorrow. Although I think, again, I think I am sober cabbing tomorrow. So maybe it'd be late night or maybe even be Wednesday. And then for my clients, I will tell you where in this podcast, your question came in. And then I think that's it. Uh, oh, where can people find you, Chad? Okay. I am at elkincpa.com and uh, I've got a couple of tax guides out. They're both being sold on Amazon right now. They are Elkins Tax Guide 2019 and then a separate one that specifically talks about the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. So that's just a little sliver if you only want to read about all the changes with that. And that is it. Okay. And then uh, any success in convincing your dad that you guys should put Mary Jo in a silver dollar bikini on the cover of those? This is why I was hoping that maybe that YouTube video would come to fruition because then if he has a visual, like I, I couldn't get him to watch that one when I was home for Thanksgiving, the one she did for you um, only a, a month or so ago. You remember right. that? One? Yeah. But how, how couldn't you get him to watch that? Why? I was like, hey, dad, check this out. And it never kind of came about, but um, that could have convinced him. Oh, okay. another super chat. Hang, hang on, hang on, hang on. Like, is it impossible to send your dad the link to the video? I think I did, and he wouldn't click on it, or he forgot to click on it or something. All right. Well, maybe maybe say, Dad, look at this one. I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, you, you guys aren't making a – it's not a New York Times bestseller. I mean, it, if anything, it would, it would be a, a funny joke and something, I'm sure. She, she probably would love to do it. If it was tasteful, she'd love to do it because she'd be on the cover of a book and – Oh, she'd have a keepsake. Oh, you know, 50 years from now, look how hot grandma was. Then she married that CPA from Chicago. <laughs> the one without a car. Um, the one without a car. Erica Williams. Oh, okay. Yes, we know her. She got hustle. Well, she gave us $5 in a super chat, and she what? said the captain is live. Yeah, but the problem is I think we're winding it down. Because <laughs> I have to take a shit like you wouldn't believe. Yes, I'm being on. I got a shower, too. And then the GF is on her way, and then I do have to hit the gym at some time. So, All right, Chad, thanks for being on. Thank you very much for doing this for me. Thank you, everybody, sincerely, for the super chats. I very much appreciate it. Thank you for the questions. Uh, to my clients, I hope that it – Gave you some guidance and wisdom, or at least made your life a little bit easier. Although some of them are just kind of sad. It's like, I have cancer. Well, you got to die. Uh, you know. uh, and that's it. Tomorrow or the day after, me and John, we will be on the Older Brother channel. We will not be on the Asshole Consulting Aaron Clary channel. We'll be on the Older Brother channel. If you have not subscribed here already, please do so. And then go to the Older Brother channel and subscribe there as well. It does actually help with the algorithms and the statistics. And that's it. Chad, anything else? That's it. All right. We'll see you guys later. Chad? Toodles.